Hello, Ampies. It is LaToya recording a little intro. Just doing episode descriptions for this. We haven't been able to uh, record uh, a chaotic intro yet, but uh, don't worry, we will with extra five-star reviews. Um, Maybe even talking about some of the stuff in our uh, email box right now, because we've got some good stuff um, from you guys. And please keep the emails coming. Uh, the Empire Diaries Pod at gmail.com, or of course, tweet at us, uh, Amp Diaries Pod on the Twitter, um, where Jill is shitposting up a storm and will only continue to do so even more um, after this episode drops. Because if you guys were shocked by her Tyler Love uh, last week, uh, now is the time uh, to truly get amped because she is all in, baby, and uh, she is not getting off uh, the Trevino train, just so you know. Today we were doing episodes seven and eight of season two, Masquerade and Rose, uh, two really great episodes. Um, in Masquerade, Stefan and Damon decided on a new plan to deal with Catherine at the Masquerade Ball. And uh, in episode eight, Rose... Stefan and Damon come to Elena's assistance and in the process learn surprising new information. I mean, these are true facts we're having in these episodes. And I kind of like that, uh, you know, you got the brothers teaming up even in the IMDb descriptions. So without further ado, The Empire Diaries. <laughs> Welcome to the Empire Diaries. We know the risk, but we had to podcast. I am one of your hosts, Latoya Ferguson. I'm Morgan Ludich. And I'm Jill Dayfield. And today we are talking about episodes seven and eight of season two of Vampire Diaries, Masquerade and Rose. And we also have a, a returning guest, so far the only returning guest, <laughs> friend of the show and our resident straight male viewer, Michael Chasen is here, you guys. Hello, it's uh, it's so good to be back. Uh, very happy to discuss these episodes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's very funny to like, ooh, everyone's wondering like, ooh, what have you been up to since the last episode? That's always something I think about when like someone returns to a podcast after a while. But I'm like, no, I, I've just been sitting here. We've all just been sitting here. So <laughs> nothing, is, nothing has happened. I'm the same guy as the last episode. You've been sitting right out the door while I do this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's literally it, yeah. He's been listening to you sing Cut by Plub and wondering why he can't join in. He's very, very emotional about that, yeah. Chomping at the bit. <laughs> uh, well, Michael, have you heard Cut by Plum by Morgan that I created? I have. I'm a, I, yeah, I'm a big fan. It's, uh, it's number one in my uh, rotation right now. It's climbing the charts, you guys. Uh, cut by Plum, stream it, guys. Well, no, Cut by Plum by Morgan, stream it. I love that now in like... My music library. I could just type in your name, Morgan, and I have a song in there. As it should be. So getting into the episodes, as usual, we got to ask, Jill, These were, this is your first time viewing these episodes. How did you feel about these episodes of television? I think I had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing, you guys. Um, so much. So much heart attack. <laughs> Words have, they're failing me. <laughs> um, I'm still processing. <laughs> Okay, uh, Jill, question. How many heart attacks and how did you have and how drunk did you get watching these episodes? Oh, I got pretty drunk. I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am coming down from that, though, so I should be okay to talk. <laughs> but yeah, I was a wreck, an emotional wreck during these. <laughs> 
your your chats started to get more typos. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Jill's on one. She's having an eye. We were all having a fun time, I will say. It was very fun. <laughs> it, was a, it was a rowdy couple of eps. I am still wiping the tears from my cheeks. You had uh, some... I mean, it's been happening the past few episodes, but now it's like official. You are a, a Team Tyler girl. Oh, fuck yeah. Team Tyler. <laughs> Did anyone imagine back in season one that Jill would be Team Tyler? Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it the whole time. <laughs> you knew future sight, but just based on season one, Morgan, could you could you tell? Oh gosh, no, no. She, uh, yeah. If if uh, if Trevino had not uh, evolved into the performance, um, it would not be uh, this reaction from Bill. But um, Michael and I are very much a, a. We don't dislike Tyler. We actually love television's Michael Trevino, but um, I think we're a little bit Tyler agnostic. Uh-huh. Well, that's why in the chat, I specifically said that Jill was on the Trevino train, which I'm on the Trevino train. You know this. I didn't say anything about the Tyler train. Yes, I'm, I would consider myself on the Trevino train and less on the Tyler train. Mm-hmm. I, I like certain things about Tyler a lot. I like many of his line readings and many of the situations he finds himself in. And actually I have like a lot of Tyler moments ranked very highly in like what I want to be on the podcast for, including today's uh, episodes. So we're going to talk about what's maybe the best episode of the series and or like certainly up there for a lot of people. And I was like, Oh yeah, that episode with that Tyler stuff. I like, I gotta be on that. So that, um, yeah, but on the whole, as a character, I'm not going to be rooting for him in a lot of conflicts with other mm-hmm. characters. I would say, yeah, I would say at this point in the series, I'm definitely rooting for Tyler. Uh, we've talked about this before a lot, obviously future Tyler decisions that, are maddening and genuinely insane, but we're not there yet. What, what I would just argue is that, in, and I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, going forward, Tyler tends to be a character that gen, that generates a lot of internal conflict in terms of the group. Mm-hmm. And I am very much um, uh, like, why can't all of uh, the gang just get along? Yeah, because like in general, like, the problem is set there, which is vampires and werewolves are natural enemies. So... In a show with vampires, like, established, like, the werewolf character is always going to be, like, at odds. And it's, like, it's also part of the issue, which I've been, I've always said, which is, like, Michael Trevino is, like, a natural leading man. And he keeps getting relegated to these supporting roles. And it really sucked for him in season one. And then they kind of, like, notice it in season two. But because, again, of the natural at odds of vampires and werewolves, it still never quite works the way you would want it to. Yeah, they they have a really hard time finding, like, a spot for him but also it's like the werewolf effects that they use on the show like cost so much money for them so like the more screen time they give him like on full moons like the harder it is for them so it's a whole thing i get it it's not easy but so i think tyler i'm excited for us to talk more about tyler as we go forward yeah definitely it'll be uh it's going to be some great conversations, I think, talking about Tyler as the series progresses. Especially if Jill remains, like, this amped. <laughs> like, this is a Tyler renaissance. The Tyler sons. <laughs> the Trevino sons. The Lockwood-essence. <laughs>
Oh my god, I'm gonna have some things to say about Dick Lockwood, the inventor of the masquerade ball. <laughs> oh, actually, I have some things to say about it too. But before we get into the episodes, so obviously, Morgan, we watched these when they originally aired. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to talk about? Do you remember like your experience watching these episodes when they aired? Because I know I do vividly. I don't remember it super vividly. I I know I lost my mind because any masked ball episode of a CW show is like my favorite thing in the world. I can remember, like, I, rem- I remember the Catherine stuff. Um, yeah, baby gay Morgan remembers the Catherine stuff very vividly. I mean, uh, so many gifts came out of Masquerade. So many Catherine gifts came out of them on Tumblr. I remember that vividly. <laughs> so many and still somehow not enough. Um, yeah, no, I was amped as hell on these masquerades definitely one i rewatch a fair amount so like i i i know the words pretty good yeah i remember when we were gonna watch it with michael i was very amped to have him watch it uh with me but what about you you have more vivid memories yeah so i feel like i definitely when masquerade aired i lost my shit Mm -hmm. i was like what's happening on the cw is everyone else seeing this what is happening on the cw Mm-hmm. You know, a fair number of people were also seeing what was happening in the CW. Uh, we talked about uh, TV's Taya Sakar, who plays uh, Amy. And like, literally, I had the memory of Catherine just killing her on the dance floor in my mind for years. And whenever she shows up on anything like The Good Place, I'm just like, remember when Catherine just fucking broke her back and killed her? insane one of the most like brutal and crazy out of nowhere things i can pretty vividly remember watching that with you michael oh i think it's grotesque like the fact that she's paralyzed first and (laughs) it's like pointed out and she's still aware of what's going on but you presumably in just sheer terror and then killed great stuff (laughs) yeah it's fucking insane and just i mean the characters were deciding you know we're gonna kill Catherine, which is what a dumb plan but you know what? I feel like at the time I'm like, you know, maybe they might do a good job. And then when Elena starts like fucking dying because they keep stabbing Catherine again, I lost my shit. I was like, is everyone seeing this? I, I was literally just sitting in my apartment alone in Burbank and just being like, is everyone seeing this? It, it's fucked up that not everyone was seeing it, but maybe we can change that and everyone can see it now because holy shit, it rules. Like all of the reversals in this episode are so good and great. I love them. And then uh, for Rose, I also like really remember it um, because like, Lauren Cohan as Rose is a, a character I love. I was already like in love with Lauren Cohan from uh, Supernatural, so I was uh, already on that tip. And then Daniel Gillies as Elijah. I, I like so when the episode started and they first show Rose, I'm like, oh, it's my wife, Lauren Cohan. But like Elijah is also my husband, just so you know, Jill. Um, so I was in a, a very happy place, a very happy place. <laughs> I love your husband and I love your wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Elijah, Elijah's to, to whom it may concern, as I believe Jill even pointed out in the chat, that moment when he's just like calling out the Salvatore boys and just like, you are a good man. And I was very happy when he came back to life. We stand. Uh, yeah, so these episodes fucking rock. Yeah, they do. Uh, so let's talk about Masquerade first, which was, by the way, we should acknowledge, was written by both Kevin Williamson and Julie Pleck. So, like, they got the big un- guns out for this episode, honestly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, of course, if I were them, I would not let anyone else write it because it, it rules. <laughs> yeah, if I'm show writing a CW show and we have a masked ball episode, I'm fucking writing that one. <laughs> 
I I love it. We open with um with Caroline. Damon gives her a crystal tumbler, not full of brown liquor, but full of blood. Which is a very sweet, but like, why is he doing this? And she tells him. Yeah, so she saw Catherine at the grill. So it's this adorable scene where she's like, yeah, I went to like stalk Matt. <laughs> and uh, then there is this little scene where she's talking to Matt and she's like fumbling through it. And Damon cuts in and is like, please skip the teen drama he doesn't say please though he just says skip the teen drama and get to it (laughs) which i'd say never skip the teen drama never ever but it is hilarious because so she's just staring at matt like the stalker she is and then matt asks her do you need a table (laughs) which is cold-blooded and that's when damon interjects like i don't care (laughs) caroline's like uh no i gotta use the little girl's room Um, I love her and um, it goes awkwardly and then she goes into the bathroom to hide her shame and in comes, in quotes, Elena. <laughs> Except her hair is curly and she's like showing off them boobs, which is, you know, two things that Elena doesn't do. But you know who does do those two things? <laughs> yeah, Catherine's like, what gave me away? Was it, the, was it the hair or my clothes? And it was like both. But like <laughs> Caroline also did know that Elena was home. So Catherine wants to talk to Caroline to deliver a message. The message being that she wants the moonstone or she will, quote, rip this town apart until it rains blood, end quote. That is hot. Jill, do you agree? Very hot. I was going to say the same thing. I'm glad you said it. (laughs) and then she says an immortal line a line that should be in every show ever Catherine says tonight comma at the masquerade ball (laughs) which we love we do love gossip girl wishes honestly Mm -hmm. i mean blair waldorf planned a nice masquerade ball that she was planning to use to lose her virginity to nate and it didn't go great because Nate ends up kissing little Jay. How dare he? Rude. Um, but I honestly think that uh, this uh, this is a better Masquerade episode. I like it much more. It 100% is a better Masquerade episode. It's like, that's not even a question. Now, flashback's over. We're in the boarding house. And uh, Stefan's like, okay, so she wants to do this in public. What's our plan? And then Damo is like, oh, it's obviously I'm going to kill her. It's like, Damon, shut up. No one believes you. But then old Steve over there is like, actually, no, you won't because I will. And then Jill laughed even more, I believe. Yeah, I said Steve, lol. <laughs> so you don't see uh, Steve as a killer? I, sh- I don't. He kills rabbits and squirrels. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we love him. We love him. <laughs> So then uh, we go back to the Gilbert house and um, they're taking Jenna home from the hospital. And Matt is helping, which is so sweet. It's so sweet that Matt came. I couldn't get over it. It was really, really adorable. They're worrying about her ripping her stitches. She is going to miss the masquerade ball, which as we noted last episode, she says she really loves. And that makes me very sad. I actually, yeah, that's the one thing this episode's missing. It's Jenna like in masquerade gear. Like I wanted to see what her dress would look like in her mask, honestly. Alaric should have given her a little mask for their night together. That would have been sweet. I mean, they were watching movies and like getting like wine drunk. So that's still good. Anyways, uh, Jenna explains that her, uh, the excuse for her injury is that she says she walked into a knife. And Matt makes really like sweet jokes about that. Which like, like, I walk into a knife all the time at the grill. Which, uh, you know, she laughs, but then she gets to do the like, ow, it hurts to laugh acting, which again, a gift for a performer. (laughs) 
but they're really cute. And Matt and Elena have this little conversation. First, Jeremy is being, some might call it an emo little bitch, but not me. Uh, and he's like, what are we going to do about Catherine? I mean, I, I would say Jeremy is right in this in this instance, because literally Elena's whole thing is that she's going to bury her head in the sand about Catherine and like Catherine's power. And Jeremy says, you're being naive and you know it. And you know what? He's right. Here's the thing. Yes, something needs to be done about Catherine, but not by either of them. They are <laughs> humans. They are human children. They do not need to be like talking about murdering a vampire that is centuries years, like centuries old. You can give that responsibility to someone else. Look, Elena is the doppelganger. I don't know if you've heard, Morgan. So that's kind of a big deal. Whatever that means. <laughs> Who knows what it means, but we do know that she is it. I wonder if anyone's going to look up doppelganger in some kind of dictionary. It'd be pretty <laughs> wild to see. Yeah, they haven't really named it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, Jeremy and Elena are kind of at this stalemate. And Jeremy leaves and she's asked, and Elena asks where he's going. And he says, out. Well, he's going out. That's where he's going. It's true. But that's that's some uh, primo emo little bitch stuff. Uh, then we go to the room where Catherine is staying. She has Mrs. Flowers doing all her work for her. She uh, seemed to have gone shopping quite a bit. <laughs> I do like that Catherine, who we know is an asshole, <laughs> uh, decides to be like polite to Mrs. Flowers. Like she's compelling her, obviously. Hmm. She doesn't have to be polite to her, but she is. And that's nice. I think she like finds it elegant behavior to be polite to the help. That feels like a Catherine thing. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had seen Catherine go shopping. I wish there'd been a huge montage. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to have a montage, we need Winnie the Bish. And we don't have Winnie the Bish, so what's the point? I would kill to have a um, Catherine trying on dresses uh, montage set to Winnie the Bish drinking champagne and uh, singing. Yes. That would be that'd be a real treat. But anyways, she uh, like is surprised by a friend in her room. By her girlfriend. The gayest scene we've had so far on the show. It seems quite gay. <laughs> I, I, I forgot like the scene. And watching it, I'm like, I can't be the only one. And you guys just started yelling gay in the chat. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we're never going to not type gay a bunch in the chat. <laughs> uh, Lucy's like, don't get on boss lady on me. You know I love you. And I'm like, this is gay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, what they call gay. Um, yeah, and Lucy is played by television's Natasha Williams, who people most likely know from either uh, the American Ashley uh, Fox family show, So Little Time, mm -hmm. She Spies, or Little Romeo's uh, Nickelodeon sitcom, Romeo. Okay, it's So Little Time for me. Uh, that would be the Romeo one for me, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then the, the button on the scene is Lucy asking, like, where are you going to wear all this shit? And Catherine saying, to a masquerade ball, want to be my date? <laughs> And uh, we yell gay for the millionth time. I mean, the scene, like, I feel like we should dissect the, the levels of gayness in the scene. But there's also, like, their, intro, like, their an intro at, like, the party, too, which is also very gay. Yeah, I mean, there's pushing against walls. There's, like, calling each other girl in an affectionate way. Like, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's quite gay. Jill, do you have any other details um, that make it gayer? Just that I want it to be gayer. So <laughs> I will read into anything to make it more gay. Uh, so then we go to the Salvatore house and we have like a big group scene where we all talk about our plan to kill Catherine, which is really fun. Um, and I was wondering if this is like 
the largest group of people like the Salvatore boys have ever had involved in one of their schemes. Yeah, like finally, right? They still don't have a, like a group text and they're all individually texting people at times for the first time ever, but they are having plans together and that's good. That's growth. There's a lot of growth uh, in these episodes. There is a lot of growth. Does does Damon have Jeremy's phone number saved in his phone yet? Or is it just like a random number and then he'll look at the text and he's like, yeah, that's Jeremy. What do you guys think? I think it's saved as little J. <laughs> oh, no. No. I think he had to ask Stefan for the number, actually. <laughs> Stefan has sent Dave and Jeremy's number like eight times then. <laughs> I think he's just always showing either Stefan or, or uh, Elaine, depending on who he's with, like, hey, is this Jeremy's number? Is that who this text is? And they have to confirm <laughs> yeah. him literally every, every time. Yeah. I imagine Damon has asked Stefan, Elena, Bonnie, and Caroline, hey, is this Jeremy's number? <laughs> oh, and Rick also. Also Rick, yeah. Oh, I love, I love it. Um, so, uh, so the pl- they talk about how the plan is that they are going to kill Catherine. Um, this is one of my favorite kinds of jokes ever. Um, Bonnie says, "What's going on?" And Jeremy says, "We're going to kill Catherine." And Stefan says, "I can explain." Bonnie says, "Please." And then Stefan says, "We're going to kill Catherine." <laughs> I love humor. I love to laugh. But anyways, Alaric shows off his uh, his cool um, vampire weapons, which are fucking dope. Michael, any comments? Good bit of like arsenal expansion here. Uh, you know, this is still where I thought like there'd be new Alaric weapons like every couple episodes. <laughs> and there unfortunately aren't, but we get a good, uh, I, we get like most of them that we ever get here. And in fact, some of these I don't think we ever really see again. Like those like, Travis Bickle like arm stake launchers that like propel the stake in your hand. That's that's good stuff. Uh, like love to see it. Yeah, there's more of a yeah. There's another thing later. That's yeah, like I like a, I like a gadget. Who doesn't like like a gadget? Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, he's teaching Stefan and Damon how to use these weapons, but he's also teaching uh, these students in his class, uh, children. <laughs> he's teaching children how to use these weapons. I love to teach children how to take a life. <laughs> <laughs> how to take a life where did he go wrong he lost a wife <laughs> oh no oh no we're gonna write how to take a life uh so then we're back with Catherine, and Catherine is straightening her hair jill you had issues with this <laughs> yeah the, she was not that's not how you straighten your hair but you know i'll let her i'll let her do her thing Jill, tell us how you straighten your hair then. Because it seemed to work for Catherine. She was holding it on the same spot for many seconds. And then after that, she was just going so fast. And I was like, girl, in between those two, that's the right pace. Um, Vamp strength? Is that possibly a reason? (laughs) Um, I have a very vivid memory of uh, this line delivery. And I don't know why. Because me and Joe Brev's great, but this isn't particularly her best one ever. But it is good. Lucy asks what she's doing. And she says, I'm impersonating my dull as dishwater doppelganger. She says it so weird. I am obsessed with it. That is the thing like I viscerally most remember from my first watching of it. Um, what a straight person I was. Um, and remain. Uh, <laughs> it's the kind of line delivery where you can tell the actor has never said any of the words in it before. <laughs> Even though they know all of the words individually, they've just never used them. Yeah, I don't think Nina Dobrev says dull as dishwater. Right. <laughs> Is it just her Canadianness coming out, possibly? Because mm-hmm. it sounds really weird when she says it. 
It does. I, I love it, though. <laughs> um, I fucking love it. She's, uh, Lucy's like, wow, like, isn't it a risk pretending to be her? And Catherine's like, I've gotten really good at it. I, see, I'm trying to, like, I can't get myself in the complete mindset of, like, where I was when I originally aired. So I'm like, because now I, every time she's pretending to be Elena, I know it's her. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, like, tells. Another time, obviously some moments where you're like, you can't fucking tell. But, like, she does it well enough where you can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can understand the character's not telling. So I don't know if I would say Catherine's good at it. But also, she's probably great at it. Well, I mean, if you don't know she has an identical twin, then you it, it would be very weird for you to be suspicious of her. <laughs> for Matt, like, it makes sense. Yeah. I have made the identical twins mistake in real life and, like, had conversations with someone thinking they were their twin. <laughs> and the person was not trying to fool me. So I think <laughs> if you're trying to fool someone, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, I, I said this as someone who's, you know, pretty good at telling a celebrity twin apart. Like, uh, you know, as the, the foremost expert on all things Ashmore twins, uh, <laughs> I can I can tell the differences like that. So maybe it's just me. Um, this scene of the Vampire Diaries, <laughs> Catherine and Lucy uh, talk a little bit about the Moonstone. Catherine says she wa- she needs Lucy to help her get it back. But uh, Stefan and Damon are probably going to put up a fight. And Lucy realizes she wants to break the curse of the sun and the moon. Yeah. And Catherine's like, well, let's just get it first and then, you know, see what's what. Mm -hmm. And yet we still don't know why Catherine wants to break the curse at this point, because obviously this is going to help werewolves out immensely. Yeah. So what does it do for her? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then uh, Bonnie and Stefan have a uh, fairly appropriate morality conversation (laughs) about, um, you know, trying to murder someone at a public town event. I mean, who among us on the show hasn't murdered someone at a town event? Um, The number is dwindling. (laughs) Uh, But, um, you know, Bonnie is like, I know you want to be back with Elena, but this is too risky. And and Stefan's like pointing out that what Catherine did to Jenna crossed the line and that she has to be stopped. Um, So uh, they're hoping that since Catherine knows Stefan and knows he wouldn't try something in a crowd full of innocent people, that that gives them an edge. Mm-hmm. So Bonnie volunteers to do a spell like the tomb spell to trap her and isolate her away from other people. Which is good. That that, that part is good. Yes, that is uh, significantly, uh, that is smart. That de-escalates things. But yeah, uh, thinking she won't do anything in the crowded area is also kind of dumb. <laughs> Yep, because uh, Catherine totally will. Uh, then we go back to the Gilberts, and Elena and Matt have a little scene, and it's really nice. Um, Elena for Elena and Matt are talking about the ball. Matt's going to go, even though Elena invites him to a very fun pizza and bad TV night, which, Matt, go to that. But Matt keeps saying, he's like, no, I have this thing I got to do at the party. And Elena's like, like what? And Matt's like, just something. <laughs> Yeah, if she had pressed, if he had pressed further, she could have figured out he was compelled. But she doesn't press further, and you guys were all upset about that. I was very mad at her for not pressing further. She knows that there's stuff afoot, and yet she's just like, "Well, Matt seems fine." Um, but he's also saying like he thinks that she and Steph will work it out. Which I like that we are at a point in the series where Matt is like fully over Elena, which is great because. Mm-hmm. That made some Matt stuff not fun last season and even early this season. But now, yeah, he's he's got his issues with Caroline or whatever, but like he's not trying to like get Elena now now that she's quote unquote free. Yeah, and he, he like ends the scene by saying, You know I'm here for you always, which is like very sweet. So uh yay. Team uh Matt and Elena being friends. Yes. 
Um, then we're back uh, at the Salvatores and we're a big group scene and we're talking about, uh, you know, murder. Yeah, um, everyone ha- has a choice to decide if they are in or out. And uh, I think, is this the first, this, this whole episode is like the first time we have a, a group scene, really. And I, I love the group scenes in Vampire Diaries. They're fun. Uh, these people never talk to each other. And again, they don't have a, a group text, but... When they finally like all like join up together and they do it, it's really good. Yeah, I fucking love it. Cause I mean, just like these scenes, like big group scenes like this are like a bitch to shoot. And I'm sure that's why they don't do them that often. And because they keep everyone siloed in plots where like people don't know secrets other people know. But mm-hmm. when they're all together, it is the funnest. Um, and I love uh, Damon asking uh, if anyone has cold feet and how he wants like you know someone to speak up so that uh, they don't chicken out on the night. But I hate that he points to Caroline immediately. <laughs> In both of these episodes, it's like two steps forward, like three steps back, because obviously he's, you know, he's getting intel from Caroline. He's giving her blood. It's like really sweet because uh, she's like freaking out. And then they're all working together. And then he immediately is like, oh, well, you're going to fuck this up. Like, dude, as we were saying in our last podcast episode with those last two episodes, like Caroline's already a better vampire than both Stefan and Damon. It is the truth. And she points out, she's like, I'm not going to chicken out. Look, she killed me. Fair's fair. And I love her the most. And um, they look at Bonnie because she's, you know, probably the one who would most likely duck out on more rounds. But she says, as long as no one gets hurt, they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Which is fun. And we kind of, we set our stakes and then we're off. Set our stakes. Aha, puns. (laughs) Yeah, Damon really should have asked Bonnie first because like she makes the most sense to ask first. He just asked Caroline first because he's a dick. Yeah, he's a mean boy. <laughs> so uh, then we have a Lockwood scene, which you really like, Latoya. Yeah. Uh, so first we have like the establishing shot that shows us masquerade, which I wrote in all caps in my notes, masquerade. Hell yeah. And it's just uh, Tyler with his mom and he wants to be a good boy. And that's sweet. And they talk about Mason, like if she's heard from Mason and she's like, no, he's gone. And we'll probably not hear from him again. He's kind of a flake, unlike your father. And then she calls Dick Lockwood a dick, and that's very cute, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyler says his mom looks nice, and it's just really, just a sweet mother-son scene, honestly. Yeah, it's nice for them to be, like, nice with each other. And also, Dick Lockwood invented the masquerade ball. It was his idea. Carol says, I don't know what it has to do with helping the homeless. <laughs> And I'm like, look, Dick Lockwood was a messy bitch who lived for drama. And masked balls create drama. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I thought, like, very darkly. I'm like, oh, no, he was using it to, like, be a little creep in his mask. I'm like, ugh. But also, help the homeless. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Jill, were you happy to see a nice scene for your boy? I was. Um, It was really cute. I love a good family scene. The Lockwoods are, like, so much functional now that, like, Dick is gone, honestly. Yeah, it helps when um, someone's not trying to fight a child a bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then we go into the ball, and we have a scene that, to me, is iconic, uh, which is uh, Matt and Catherine talking. Yes, after Lucy and Catherine, like, roll up, and and we we all kind of joked about Catherine, like, not doing well to pretend to be Elena at all. She's just, like, she's wearing this, like, really sexy black dress that Elena would never wear. She's, like, eating strawberries sensually off plates. Like, this is not Elena Gilbert behavior. Yes, Michael put in the chat, time to do my perfect Elena disguise, and says, is Catwoman at an event she's going to heist? (laughs) It's true. She's rocking a jewel thief look. 
Yeah, it's only egregious because she had just been like bragging about how good she is at it. <laughs> I'll straighten my hair, but I refuse not to look hot. <laughs> then we have uh, another scene with um, Catherine and Matt in which she just does nothing but flirt with him, but also like compels him a little bit. She like loses her train of thought. She's so horny. And that's why I love her. I feel like canonically Matt's supposed to be like the hottest person in the show. Like I don't know. I think it's it's mostly like like Catherine likes a sweet boy. And he's really sweet. Yeah, he's got beautiful blue eyes and he's really sweet. He's the outlier, so everyone kind of notices. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, she's like, you're really hot in a suit. I would love to just Okay. (laughs) I just like I kind of want to imagine that she put some vamp blood in his system for when he gets killed because I feel like she wouldn't want to keep she would want to keep Matt around, right? I would like to believe that. <laughs> like, girl, you want to fuck him? Like, make sure he at least gets to become a vampire once Tyler kills him. Uh, so, um, Catherine kind of she does compel him. She kind of reclarifies that the plan is Matt will attack Tyler after he gets him drunk. He'll start a fight and he won't stop until Tyler kills him. Yep. To which Catherine replies, God, you're hot. Now go away. <laughs> Seven and Damon are outside in their masks. Would you guys like to talk about their masks? I, Paul Wesley's jawline. <laughs> That's it. He's in like a, a reddish, like oval mask. And Damon's looks like a butterfly. <laughs> like a black, glittery butterfly. A person a crow with like a huge, long nose. I wish it was a crow. <laughs> Damon with the plague doctor mask would be very good. Uh, So they're kind of talking to each other, like, do you think you can go through with it? And, you know, both of them are, like, trying to be alphas. So I could take more than Paul Wesley's jawline, which is, like, I've said it before, but, like, going into the series in general, like, Mr. Ian was my, like, my number one guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So rewatching this and just, like, being all in on Paul, even though I, I, I always loved Paul, I was like, now it's like, I don't know what's come over me, honestly. Honestly, I'm just like, it's, he's too much. He's too much. Look, look, I think your your first watch, I think you're a Devo girl. And then th- the longer you watch the show, I think you, you learn to love the other boys. Well, it's not even, it's not even like a, an OC situation where like, you start as a, like a Seth girl, then you realize Ryan's the, like the, the one. Uh-huh. It's one of those things where like, I was, I was still like a Stefan girl, but like mm-hmm. Ian, like, Going into already, because, like, just from his previous work and from the fact that he looks like Ian Summerhalder, mm-hmm. I was, like, already, like, an Ian person. But, like, I preferred Stefan for, for certain situations, obviously. Yeah. But here, I'm just like, Paul, you were always handsome to me, obviously. I was always a fan of you. But now I'm just like, you're the most attractive man, and I will look at you forever. Yeah, Paul's looking good. Uh, <laughs> then we have a scene uh, in, uh, like, Tyler's dad's office. And uh, the gang's back together. Amy, <laughs> Sarah, and Tyler. But they've replaced Jeremy with Matt. And now they're gonna uh, drink a bunch. Which one of you was like, oh, great, these girls are back? <laughs> I think it's 100% me. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, just when you thought that you'd never see Amy and Sarah again, or at least not Sarah again after that stupid stare stunt. <laughs> They're back. Oh my god. Yeah, they are. They're they're doing their thing. Yeah, um, the Netflix description for this episode talks about, uh, like, how things go poorly for Matt and Tyler after they do some shots. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Amy ends the scene with, okay, let's go party, come on. Which we love. 
Uh, then we have a little uh, Jeremy Bonnie side. Jill, care to speak on this? <laughs> Get a job. Stay away from her. So because of his the way he slicks his hair back uh, in this episode, that's an 8.5 on the hairstyle, but it's like it's not really a change of like, hairstyle. Yeah, it's kind of a different look. I feel like Jill would have been a fan of Bonnie and Jeremy teaming up, if not for everything that followed with Bonnie and Jeremy teaming up. <laughs> I think it's like, I do, I like the idea of the two of them as a team. I don't like the idea of them ever having any sexual contact whatsoever. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> it was like... So in these episodes, Jill was like all in on Tyler, but all opposed to anything Bonnie and Jeremy. She's like, this is disgusting. I can't disagree with her on the second point. She's like, he's like, wow, you can really do magic. And she's like, yeah, I've been fucking doing it this whole time, asshole. I mean, he hasn't really been informed. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, he says, yeah, but you're 100% witch. That's so cool. Is it not? I will say this about this plot thread for these couple episodes is that I think it's a very accurate depiction uh, of what Jeremy's headspace would be and that like, you know, his sister is in mortal danger. Uh, It's very important. Needs to, you know, keep his eye on the ball 100%. And he is like 90% concerned with like, ooh, am I picking up a vibe? Like that (laughs) that, uh, completely tracks. Like that's very good. I mean, very true. (laughs) Yeah. He, he likes his older women. That, that is established. Oh, yeah. He has a type. He does, yeah. So Bonnie makes the point that uh, being a witch is not always cool because uh, it doesn't end well, uh, you know, historically. And that, uh, you know, she's fine with doing this plan as long as people don't get hurt because she really wants to stay out of this, uh, you know, dispute amongst vampires, which is uh, pretty valid. <laughs> And just to be clear, these two episodes are just looks. Nothing happens between the two of them. And yet everyone is terrified already. We are seeding it pretty obviously. I hate it. Because <laughs> it's like, if you want Bonnie to have a love interest, like, and you want it to work out, it means it has to be someone who's like already a regular. And who is like left? It's Jeremy. You can tell a character is respected when they get whoever's left. <laughs> It could be Tyler, but he's like he ends up getting Caroline, which is that seems like bad when I just said that, but like you know what I mean. Like like that's his partner for this story, and it's it's just kind of like it felt like this was like well they're both free. Although Tyler and Buddy would be hot, actually. I'm not against it. I would be very into it. I would lose my fucking mind. Oh God, Jill wouldn't be able to like deal. She'd have a strong hand with him, which he needs. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what? I just, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Look, this is my personal belief. <laughs> I stand by it. Uh, then we're back at Elena's house and we have uh, Elena and Jenna scene. Uh, and they're being really cute. Like, But Elena finds out that uh, Jeremy went to the party and she's like, wait, my brother hates fun. Yeah, they were just talking about how he's emo. He's a little, he's a little bitch boy. I'm glad he needs to have have more fun. Lose some of that emo thing. And Rick, fucking Rick, learn to lie to this child better. Because <laughs> like Elena realizes, like all my friends have just like ignored me all day. What's that about? And Rick's like, uh, leave it alone. 
Uh, yeah, Alaric's like, I don't know what to say. And then she's like, cool, so I'll go to the party now. And he's like, wait. <laughs> uh, and he's like, okay, Stefan asked me to like look after you in case Catherine showed up. They are at the party and like doing a plan. Um, and Elena is not going to let that go because she's Elena. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Rick really does a poor chaperoning job because like Elena, for sneaking out, is just like, okay, guys, I'm going to go upstairs. And then they like listen to her. And Rick doesn't think, are you like, is she gonna go upstairs? She doesn't go upstairs. She leaves the like leaves the home. Yeah, to be fair to Alaric, he like doesn't know Elena that well, I think, at this point. Again, she is a stepdaughter and he needs to like get to know her. He should. Um, this is a uh, a good time to talk about a new segment I would like to introduce on the show. We've kind of uh, talked about. Um, I wanna call it Who Wants the D? <laughs> <laughs> The D is death. <laughs> and will Elena get the trophy every episode? Elena wants the D in this episode hard. <laughs> Elena is thirsting for that D. She has the death wish of the week. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the scene where she's like, especially like, give me the D, Jeremy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, Elena wants the D this episode. And Alaric doesn't know that Elena has such a death wish. Because he doesn't know this this child who, who he should get to know. He's been on road trips with her. Did they not talk? Yeah, but she, you know, death wishes probably didn't come up. I mean, you talk to Elena for like two seconds to learn she has a death wish. Come on. I'll die for my friends like four minutes of your conversation with her. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> and she says it like 20 times during one conversation. She's like, I love Bonnie so much. I die for her. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Bonnie, Bonnie's got a feeling, you guys. She got one of those feelings. And she she's walking through the party, and that feeling leads her to Lucy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do I know you? And she's like, Lucy's like, nope, I'm a plus one. Bye! Bye! Uh, don't follow me! <laughs> and uh, Jeremy's like, what was that? And Bonnie's like, nothing. Let's go get Damon. Then Stefan and Catherine are out on the dance floor, and Catherine says, dance with me, to which Stefan says, no. To which Catherine says, fine, then tell me who I should kill. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stefan then decides to dance with her, obviously, you know, to stop people from getting killed. So they dance to a, a fun little cover of uh, Tears for Fears, Head Over Heels. And uh, Stefan says that he doesn't want anyone to get hurt tonight. So Catherine's like, cool, hand over the moonstone. <laughs> and uh, Stefan, like, tries to be like, no, we do things my way or you don't get it. And then poor Amy shows up looking for Matt. She asks Stefan if like, he's seen Matt. And she's like, oh, Elena, you look so great. And then, here we go. Yeah, so then, uh, Catherine's like, oh, I love your necklace, but it's all fucked up. And she goes to fix it. And then she just punches her so hard in the spine, she's paralyzed from the waist down. And then she snaps her neck and kills her. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. R.I.P. Amy Bradley, you were a thirsty bitch. And you know what? I kind of respect it now. Look, we, we can all respect... Amy's thirst. <laughs> but unfortunately for Elena, um, Amy got the D. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> um, what did you think about Amy getting the D? What, or what would uh, young you would have thought about Amy getting the D had you watched it then? I probably, I, young me would probably just have my usual reaction of, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but me right now, I was like, yes, we love a bad bitch. <laughs> 
not any surprise reaction. It's like either, oh, okay, or yes, queen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Catherine's so hot. She can kill whoever she wants. <laughs> Our problematic podcast. We're getting canceled, you guys. I'm sorry. It's wrong to have killed Amy. She is a child who seemed very innocent. Uh, devil's advocate. Sometimes you can kill a child. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So then Elena, back at her house, sneaks out, and Alaric doesn't notice because he's bad at his job. Bad at his job, bad at parenting, bad at being a teacher. But good at knowing things about the Civil War. So back at the ball, Stefan and Damon have a little scene, and they're like, huh, yeah, another death on our conscience. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah, Stefan wants to call it off now and plan because, like, literally, just an innocent girl just got murdered hard. And, and Damon's like, come on, we gotta do this. Um, he's like, tonight it ends. We can do it together. I've got your back. And I'm like, aw, brothers. It's nice. Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's, it's the nicest thing you can say to someone um, deciding to disregard the death of a young woman. Um, for sure. It's almost like this girl has weird attitudes about the value of human life. Uh- <laughs> that seems wrong. I don't know. I'm sure the show is like very, you know, ethical. And it cares about human life, and uh, there's never any, like, questions with its morals. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then we have a a little Jeremy and Bonnie scene, and Jeremy's like, like, are you going to use your spells for school? Bonnie's like, shut up. (laughs) Jeremy's like, yeah, that's probably the first spell I'd learn, or maybe, like, a sex spell or something. (laughs) Jeremy would definitely do a spell to make his penis bigger. I was howling at this point. I was just screaming and screaming. And he's like, do you want to dance? To which Bonnie yells, no. (laughs) And then revises it to, I mean, no, thank you. (laughs) I love her. The fact that Jeremy's like, if I had magic powers, I'd probably like start a food fight in the cafeteria or like make a girl's shirt fall off. (laughs) And and Bonnie's like, oh, Jeremy. Oh my God, you're so funny. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What a man. Like, what a cool dude. Hey, Michael, what are your opinions on Jeremy Gilbert? <laughs> um, you know, Jer- Jeremy, I think, peaks in season one. I like that he has his let the right one in, like, vampire romance. And then I think all the rest of Jeremy's stuff is very weird, um, <laughs> including in uh, in this season. Uh, it's he's Some characters, they have a good handle on the whole time or they evolve as the show goes on. Some characters, they take a long time to get a handle on, but then get a handle on. And then, you know, Jeremy just, they, you know, don't really figure out. That's okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Yeah, we, um, do you feel like, like, what what do you think you would have thought about Jeremy if you had watched this when you were closer to his age? Do you think that would have been different at all? No, because you never watch these shows. And like, even if you're like, again, like when Gossip Girl aired and I didn't watch Gossip Girl when it aired, but I was like the same age as like Jenny. And then when this aired, I would have been like probably with the like younger characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, you never watch a show like this and think, yeah, I'm like that annoying little brother character, <laughs> even if I'm his age. You're like, yeah, if I were if I were in the show, I'd probably be like that 180 year old cool vampire. That's probably who I am. Oh, you would have been like such Damon Trash. Oh, totally. I mean, you are still so. well. Yeah, in your mind, like why are we lying to him, Morgan? <laughs> Michael is a Tyler at best. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So Bonnie and Jeremy have that little scene. 
then Lucy comes up to Catherine and she's pissed. She said, you didn't tell me there was another witch here. And Catherine threatens her and is like, that doesn't change anything. Like, because you're here to repay a favor and you wouldn't like fuck that up, would you? You know, which implies no violence. Mm-hmm. What a great friend. Yeah, so then um, Jeremy just goes up to Catherine and talks to her like she's Elena. I mean, yeah, it's a smart, smart thing, yeah. It's it's smart, but I'm just like, we all know what you're doing. <laughs> but Jeremy's like, can I talk to my sister? And uh, Lucy leaves, and Jeremy says that he, that he has a message from Stefan, and it's that uh, to meet him and Damon at the edge of the lake by the woods, because they have the moonstone. Obviously, it, it, he realizes it's Catherine, and she realizes that he realizes Catherine, and he's like... Yeah, they sent me because they know I'm not afraid of you, which Jeremy should be afraid of her. Why isn't he afraid of her? He should be horribly afraid of her. He brings up uh, Uncle John and like about his fingers. Like, yeah, dude, be afraid of her. Yeah, she is very scary um, and hot. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've mentioned this episode that I think Catherine's hot. So then Jeremy leaves the scene. And out of the shrubs jumps uh, my girl. Elena is there and like, she's like, hi, I've shown up because I want to die. (laughs) I am not making fun of her. I'm not making fun of this show. I love it. To be fair, Elena does save her life, but we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, it's good that she did it, but I am, I cannot get over how much she craves death. It tickles me pink, gang. I love it. Not really a spoiler, but I will say my favorite episode, The Dinner Party, mm-hmm. it, it, it revisits the fact that Elena wants to die so hard. Yeah, Elena wants, wants the D in that episode. <laughs> so then we have a little uh, Catherine and Caroline scene, which is fun because Catherine's like, hey, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, tell me this plan because I don't believe the stupid lake thing or whatever. And then Caroline quickly gives her the quote unquote info. Mm-hmm. And she chokes her and it's very mean and then finally Caroline's like okay Bonnie has it and um it's really scary and like she chokes her again and Caroline's like well she's upstairs and it makes me very sad no one should be mean to Caroline that's my girl <laughs> but then uh, we go we cut back to Elena and Jeremy and Elena's like wait what the fuck you guys are trying to kill her and Jeremy <laughs> He's like, now now a man. He's like, we saw an opportunity and we knew we had to take it. And Elena's like, what the fuck, we? You're a baby. Yeah, she's like, stop saying we. And then she just only talks to Bonnie. She's just, Bonnie's the only one she respects of the two of them. It's truly so funny. Like, like Jeremy says, she's messed with all of us. She has to be stopped. I'm like, what did she do to you? Like, she did do something to Jenna, which is doing something to him in a way. But like, she barely knows you exist. Should Jenna have been part of this team instead of Jeremy? I fucking wish Jenna was at this party doing stuff. That would be amazing. But anyways, that is where we leave things there. Then Caroline and Catherine are back together. And Caroline's like, stop, I don't want any part of this. And Catherine is being mean to her. And then they're in front of a door. And Caroline kind of shepherds her into this room. And she's like, I'm there. And then her sobbing turns into a little laugh. And she says that, I did it. She's like, I didn't think I'd be able to fool you, but I did it. And then we realized this was all part of the plan. Yay. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, I love it. Uh, Candle Sackle is so cute here. I love Caroline. That's my girl. Yeah, fuck off, Damon. So then uh, Catherine is like, wait, what the fuck? And she is trapped in this room with Stefan and Damon, which is awesome. They have a fight and the fight kind of rules. 
Uh, right, boys rule? Uh, this fight is great. It's actually maybe the best in the show. Like, I, I, I don't know. But, like, I, you know, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the many fights in the show. But I was, like, I was sitting up. It is it is really good. And I don't know if we're getting into the uh, the extra elements of uh, Elena being linked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. again, you know, this is great. You've got great stakes. You've got your three leads beating the shit out of each other. You've got... Uh, Taman flying into furniture and breaking it. Um, and then, you know, she's strong enough to kill either of them. But if they kill her, it kills Elena. And you see this happen in very violent uh, cutaways. Uh, so great stakes, great fight. Uh, just a real highlight of the uh, the episode, the season, probably the show. Uh, really masterclass stuff. Yeah, it rules. Also, like, Elena's uh, injuries look really upsetting. They really do. Because, yeah. So you got Stefan showing up. He's like, I got a steak. And then David pops out of the closet and he shoots her with a steak and then immediately gets Elena. And it's like, Jill wrote in the chat, in all caps, the fuck? (laughs) Oh, I was so excited for it to happen. I knew you were going to lose your mind. Jill, what were you thinking? Was not expecting that one, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I I think I screamed or I yelped or something. Were you like, is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> yeah, I looked around my room like, anyone in here? <laughs> you get it. <laughs> it fucking rules. Catherine's smart. This is a good plan. But Bonnie realizes then that Elena's linked to Catherine, so she sends Jeremy to go tell the boys while they're still staking the shit out of her as they fight. And, like, David has to, you know, stop when he's, like, about to kill her. And then Catherine immediately starts gloating, which rules. She says, you thought you were the only ones with a witch? Well, something tells me my witch is better than yours. And Catherine immediately, like, cuts her hand open to make Elena um, in even more pain, which is uh, very petty. Just for the fun of it, because while Catherine obviously heals from these injuries, Elena, not so much. Yep. Uh, and so poor, like, Bonnie is, like, holding Elena, and it's, like, a really scary and, like, harrowing scene. And uh, Bonnie tries to take away some of the pain, but it's, like, you know, there's nothing she can do to stop the fact that they're linked right now. Because it's not her spell. What's great about the uh, the conceit of them being linked is, you know, okay, you're going into a masquerade episode. The implicit promise of this as, like, a drama is, like, okay, there will be, like, mistaken identities through the, you know, masked... Uh, state of all the characters uh except that's kind of been happening all season with Catherine always imitating elena so it's like you can't just do that again you kind of, there kind of needs to be some kind of other twist on it and the twist is that Catherine very much literalizes it and physically links them and that comes up here in a very surprising way so it's a you know it's a, it's also a good way to make good on the uh the masquerade concept besides just everyone uh looking hot and wearing silly masks <laughs> I mean, yes, Michael, that's a good point, but I have a question. Mm-hmm. How horny were you during this episode? Good question. Uh, th- I'm going to say a lot. Like, Catherine <laughs> is really, uh, no, it's good stuff. Uh, she's really hot. She's, like, beating the shit of everyone, uh, threatening them. Uh, it's really good. Everyone's looking really good. Uh, like, Caroline's looking great. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was criticizing the believability of Catherine's outfit as something Elena would wear, but uh, was not criticizing uh, the fact that she was wearing it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 good stuff, and just you know, the whole like threesome fight scene is you know, what well, what else could you ask for? That everyone is, and, and like I, I think every character throws every other character against a wall at some point in these episodes. <laughs> like it is a lot of a lot of pinning, which is like the show's love language is pitting people against walls. <laughs> so like Jeremy and, and Bonnie and Catherine like realize uh, and Elena realize what's going on and they try to patch Elena up as best as they can. And uh, Bonnie goes in search of Catherine's witch, which we know is Lucy. And uh, Jeremy tries to give Elena his ring, the ring that will save her from death. And Elena refuses to take it. <laughs> Why? She wants the D. She wants the D. She uh, truly wants to die. So then back in the uh, magical trapped room, an incredibly horny scene happens. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So Catherine calls the boys, uh, the brother who loved me too much and the one that didn't love me enough. (laughs) Uh, Damon calls her the evil slut vampire who only loved herself. I mean, true. It's so great. Catherine is like, what happened to you, Damon? You used to be so polite. You happened, dummy. Yeah, like, bitch, you ruined his life. But that's the other <laughs> horny thing in this episode, is how much Damon clearly gets off on, like, Catherine hating him and treating him like shit. <laughs> he, like, he's so into it. He wants her to step on him. It's, like, very true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's so great. Catherine asks, does Elena enjoy both having both of you worship at her altar? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> An iconic line. Uh, and then she's like, you know, she can feel everything. So Stephen, why don't you kiss me? And then she's like, actually, no, Damon, why don't you kiss me? And then Morgan's like, all of the fanfic that was born from this scene. Truly, I have not. Now, I have I have seen Vampire Diaries fan fiction with my own two eyes, and I've never seen any that used that concept. They should. Like, they should all use that. I've not. My only uh, knowledge of, of Vampire Diaries fan fiction, because obviously there must be a lot. Mm-hmm. But the only familiarity I have is from uh, the episode of The Good Wife, where it seems like Diane Lockhart is writing a Vampire Diaries fan fiction. Which character? Is that Baranski? Yeah, it is. <gasps> Uh, it, wow. ends up, it was it was apparently her, her maid using her computer writing Empire Diaries fan fiction, but it's a great moment. Uh, Kalinda reads it out loud. Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, so they're kind of asking her about the Moonstone, and uh, she is uh, she says that like um, Mason's not the only wolf in town. Which uh, speaking of, cut to yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Also, I. I I did want to acknowledge that Jill uh, wrote that in the previous scene with Catherine and the boys that she couldn't breathe because of what was going on because of the fanfic scenario. <laughs> it was yeah, it was absolutely wild. I am yeah, I am trying to look at our our chat because it did get uh, incredibly rowdy. Oh, I do want to shout out Caroline's mask. I love that she has a little mask on a stick. It's so cute. But uh, so we move to this uh, Sarah Tyler and Matt scene, and they're all wondering. Where Amy went. Aw. <laughs> and Tyler's like, she's probably drunk somewhere. And Matt's like, like me. And he starts pouring booze all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Here enters like asshole Matt, which Michael and I, as we said before, absolutely loved. Reminding us that Zach Rorick knows how to play an asshole. 
Yeah, it's really funny. He says one of my favorite, like, cliche drunk things, which is Tyler yells, don't do that. And Matt says, what, man? It's a party. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite thing anyone in any piece of media can say when they're drunk and being an asshole. It's so funny. I mean, it is a party, though. It is a party. And then he takes the picture. Of Tyler's dad, and he starts pouring alcohol on it. He's like, I think your dad wants a drink. <laughs> That's really good. It's a good bit. And even Sarah's like, come on, man. His, his dad's dead. Calm down. <laughs> and Tyler's like, what the fuck? Give me the picture. And he tries to, like, take it, but Matt, like, pulls it away from him and says, remember when your dad used to slap you around? Which is crazy! Everyone knows that the mayor liked to fight his son. Everyone knows. Matt is doing a very good job picking a fight um, because that is a horrible thing to say. And he slaps Tyler in the face and Tyler's like, are you kidding? And he's like, I'm just having fun, (laughs) which is uh, crazy. So um, they start fighting and um, Caroline like hears the fight and she gets in between them and she's like, what the fuck? She tries to pull them apart for a while, which hot and eventually she sees that matt's like not gonna stop so she just elbows him in the face yeah like she probably i feel like she can tell he's compelled because he keeps saying i can't like uh, i have to finish it let, mm-hmm. let me finish it so i think she re- like she kind of looks at him like oh that's that's something and then she knocks him out yeah um which like again concussion watch <laughs> at least it's not to the back of the head. Oh, yeah, at least he's not, <laughs> he's not punched in the back of the head. So then uh, Sarah takes out this knife from the desk. And, and this, uh, is, uh, <laughs> this is an incredibly important moment. Uh, <laughs> because, look, the, the plot lines on the show are incredibly complex. And most of the time, you know, you don't need to know every exact beat of the last eight betrayals that have taken place that have led to every specific moment. Usually it's like, okay, this person's trying to get them to trust them in this scene or this person, you know, is trying to kill this person or get this magic object in this scene. But, you know, sometimes they'll just hit on a point where, oh, it's a very complex piece of plotting we're trying to get across very quickly here. And we just have to have the person say exactly what it is. So she says, Matt failed. If Matt fails, I can't. (laughs) And that's like, just so beautifully and succinctly and just completely naturally tells us everything we need to know about like the compulsion, the backup compulsion, just like so, so perfect. No questions. No further questions. No notes. It's great. And uh, and it it compounds upon something else I love so much, which is the mechanic of the werewolf curse makes it that the time between Tyler finding out how he becomes a werewolf and and, uh, now the uh, crux of the scenes are, oh no, Tyler not better accidentally commit murder, (laughs) as if that's something that happens so easily. Uh, as best demonstrated in the scene, the girl falling off the staircase. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh no, I hope that girl's alive and not just for the boring reasons of not wanting <laughs> the person to die. It actually matters to me. Like, uh, just incredible. Uh, I, I love it. And uh, I love to see it. And just the thing that, you know, the point is that Matt failed, and uh, that's that's on Matt, really, and that means that Sarah can't. And you know what? She doesn't. She she succeeds. Uh, 
Tyler kills the shit out of her. He pushes her and her head hits on the desk hard. It goes bonk. It's a pretty convincing hit too. I'll give them yeah. that. Like it's, yeah. it's a, oh, she's dead hit. Like, mm-hmm. you don't, they don't, they don't mince that at all. I mean, I do have notes on her line, which is that she just said, Matt failed. He was plan B. If Matt fails, I as plan C must do this. It actually would work if she just said time for plan C. Yeah, yeah. that would have been <laughs> That would have been tight. Yeah, Plan C protocol engaged. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> There's like alternate takes. Truly rip to all the people on Vampire Diaries who die as Plan C. And what's so great is that there are main characters who won't die as Plan C, but who like beg to die as Plan C. Who are like, oh, wait. <laughs> this might work. You let me die. Like, it, it's so good. Would you say that they want the D? They want the D, even if it's Plan C. Plan D, death. There's a lot of Plan D going on. Like, Elaine is, is, is volunteering Plan D a lot. Absolutely. So, yeah, so Tyler's like, oh, no, I've killed someone. And he freaks the fuck out. And Caroline, you know, checks her pulse, but she's deadsville. And uh, Tyler, like, oh, no, this is bad for Tyler. That this dumb idiot's dead. <laughs> Caroline doesn't know that. So then, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, she does know that. Yeah. No, Caroline does know that. She She's involved in things. She knows what's going on. Oh, she does know this. Yeah. And then he, like, wolf eyes out and freaks. <laughs> Understandable. And I feel very bad for him because, you know, obviously he did not mean to uh, to kill Sarah. I just, I just, again, just the idea of Tyler accidentally <laughs> killing someone and going, oh no. And, the, and another person in the room freaking out and going like, oh no, she's dead. And Tyler's going like, well, yeah, but like, no, this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a rich boy, the son of a politician. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's like, that's what he's worried about. Like the, the werewolf thing. He wasn't going to be worried about killing a person in his lifetime. He's the son of a politician. His family owns the town because they stole all the property in 1864. And also, to be fair, it seems like it's very easily swept under the rug. Yeah. In this town? In Mystic Falls? (laughs) Animal attack. Uh, Yeah. So, came out of nowhere. Uh, So then, um, upstairs, Damon and Catherine and Stefan are uh, still hanging out together. Uh, Catherine says, we could play charades, which I uh, would like to have seen. I mean, I want him to play Pictionary. That way, uh, Damon could draw more wolves. Uh, so they kind of figure out the whole, like, Stefan's like, yeah, you made a deal with George Lockwood. And Catherine's like, good for you, Stefan, two plus two, <laughs> which is hilarious. Like, kill him, queen. But then she's like, yeah, and my plan would have worked, except people found out that I was in the tomb. And she glares at Damon and says, thanks to you, by the way. Have I mentioned how inconvenient your obsession with me has been? God, she hates him so much. She hates him for liking her. But the best part is he replies, you and me both, honey. (laughs) My boy. I mean, it's great, but also I can't ever buy any time Damon tries to pretend he's like cool or tough around Catherine. We know he's not. It's so funny because it's also just like, God, you two just kiss. (laughs) But yeah, so Stefan's like trying to get information out of her. He's like, why do you need the Moonstone back? And Catherine's just like, you're hot. (laughs) She keeps deflecting, and it's very obvious. It's very obvious, but, like, if I was talking to Catherine Pierce and trying to get information out of her and she told me that I was pretty, I'd probably forget what I was trying to ask her about. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they talk about, uh, like, she t- she talks about um, seeing Stefan in Chicago in the 80s dancing to Bon Jovi. With that wench Lexi. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it so much. 
But Stefan kind of is like, I can tell you were running from someone. Who was it? Catherine doesn't answer, but she does mouth, I love you. So then we have a Bonnie-Lucy scene. And um, Lucy kind of is like, wow, I knew I would run. In- I should have known that I would run into a Bennett. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie says, how do you know me? And Lucy says, you figure it out because I have no interest in fighting you. And Bonnie doesn't figure it out. Lucy has to tell her eventually. Um, and, you know, Bonnie's like, we'll take the spell off my friend. And she's like, we'll give her the moonstone. So, you know, they're at a bit of an impasse. Mm-hmm. And Lucy explains that, like, Catherine saved her life and now she owes her a debt that she has to pay. And uh, they're trying, they're having this kind of like power struggle. And it's clear that like they have this kind of connection, but like they're not naming it. And uh, Lucy says, you can trust me. Like, do you feel like this when you touch me? Which I'm like, gay. (laughs) Give it to me. It's okay. (laughs) And then we leave not knowing how Bonnie responded to that very gay advance. Then back upstairs, Damon is pouring himself some brown liquor. And then Catherine makes him pour her some. (laughs) And uh, he gives her a glass, and then he shoves her up against the wall and tries to kill her. Oh, dummy. You know, and Seven stops him, and he's like, the second the spell's lifted, I'm going to drive a stake through your heart. And Catherine says, God, you're hot. When did you get so hot? (laughs) I love that for her. Love how much she hates him. Like, again, like, she's horny for him being an asshole he should just be an asshole to her (laughs) she's got problems that's for sure oh yeah they all do (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah we do uh so lucy arrives and she's like hey here's the moonstone like the spell in the room's broken you can go and my debt to you is over and clearly like the friendliness between them is gone Aw, they were a cute couple i know but then once Catherine touches the moonstone, she can't breathe. And Lucy's like, you should have told me another witch was involved. It was a Bennett witch. Like, I'm sure you fucking knew that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was worried about Elena. And Lucy's like, she's fine. Yeah. And then uh, this was the point where Joe's like, was professing her undying love for Lucy. And I love that for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, I don't know who this bitch is, but I love her. Strut your stuff, mama. <laughs> and just like, it's Lucy. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Um, oh my god. Our ch- I am looking through our chat and it is just crazy. It's chaos. Chaos oh, reading. This is when my typos started happening. Oh no. <laughs> oh yes. Indeed they did. Uh, Lucy apologizes for her involvement in Leafs. Love that. I love uh, it's an apology and you get out and you don't get like your heart ripped out or your head chopped off. Yeah, good for her. So then um, we are back downstairs looking at Sarah's corpse. <laughs> And uh, Caroline's like, look, Matt and I were fighting because we broke up and uh, Sarah was drunk and dancing and she tripped. Mm-hmm. And Carol's like, okay, well, your mom's on the way. And this seems like it was an accident. Yeah, Carol's all about like confirming it's an accident. Very waspy. Like, it's an accident. We're not going to talk about this ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> love that. It's like clear she doesn't believe it. And she knows it was her, her son who's a murderer. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we have, like, a little, like, Caroline Tyler aside, and Tyler's like, hey, what the fuck? Like, why are you, why are you, like, being so chill about this murder I did, technically? And she's all, I understand what you're going through. He's like, no, you don't. But, like, she's like, I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, next episode, we'll have her, like, trying to gaslight him a bunch, just like Mason did. Mm-hmm. And it's it's no surprise, as they're two of the sweetest characters there are. <laughs> if you're a sweet character on the show, you gaslight people. Because you just don't want to have to explain all the bad stuff to them. <laughs> 
so then uh, Lucy and Bonnie have this scene together, and um, Lucy's like, hey, sorry about this. Like, fucking vampires, they pull you in the middle uh, every time. And Bonnie is, like, very emotional. She's like, how do I know you? Because when I gave you the stone, I did know I could trust you, but, like, how? And, she, and Lucy says, have you ever felt that way before? And Bonnie says, yeah, when I'm around family and when I'm around my grams. And then Lucy explains that they're related. Yeah, they're cousins, like, distant cousins, basically. Yeah. And so she's like, seeing you has been a wake up call for me. Like, I'm going to stop letting vampires control me. So thanks. And she tries to leave. And Bonnie, like, this is such a a heartbreaking scene. And she like, Kat Graham does a really good job here because she's like, please don't leave. I have so many questions. I don't want to be in the middle either. I hate it. And like, she's just like immediately crying. And it's so sad. And you know, you can tell like Bonnie's been being torn apart this whole season. And it's really sad. What a bitch. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucked. I don't like it. And, uh, Lucy says, look, you're one of the good ones. The middle of it's where you belong. Yeah. And then she says, don't worry, you'll see me again. And I'm going to say it because I don't want Jill, because I know Jill wants more Lucy. We're not going to see Lucy ever again until like seven seasons later. Yeah, like, why the fuck? I literally do not understand why we never see Lucy again until the moment we see Lucy again, which, not spoilers, but... Yeah. Because I don't know, I have I have no knowledge about this, like, did Natasha Williams do something? Because, like, Lucy seems like a natural character, like, to return, and it makes no sense to me that she did not... Yeah, might have been a scheduling thing, who knows? I'm, like, looking at her career, and unfortunately, it's not that, like, she did not have a scheduling conflict. So I don't understand what the issue was. Yeah, it's just, it is very weird because it definitely does feel like we're going to see this person again. Assuming it's not, assuming it's not an issue with the actress and it's just like yeah. doing a, like a disservice to Bonnie, which like was the excuse, which is often the excuse, unfortunately, with the show. Yeah, because it sucks because it's really just nice to see her with someone who can understand. And like Lucy was a well-received character at the time too. She's cool. Well, Jill received her. I loved her. Jill loved her. Jill wrote season two. So Jill, explain yourself. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say I was too invested in Tyler. (laughs) That explains a lot of season two. (laughs) Michael, do you know about the bit where uh, Jill wrote all of season two of The Vampire Diaries? What? No, I'm not aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) You not realize our friend Jill, she wrote this whole season of The Vampire Diaries. Oh, oh, well, thank you, Jill. It's a good season of tv yeah thank you i'm glad you enjoy it kind of worrying that you're so surprised by some of it but otherwise <laughs> yeah every time is like the first time for jill it's crazy she doesn't give us a lot of answers but she does take a lot of credit <laughs> um so as the scene moves along the only thing that can make it better comes along which is <laughs> no he offers to drive her home, and Bonnie's like, when the fuck did you get a driver's license? Jill, can you explain what you were thinking when you wrote the season about uh, the Jeremy Bonnie stuff? <laughs> Regret. Oh, I hate it so much, you guys. <laughs> I mean, again, nothing actually happens in these two episodes, but Jill made clear how much she hated it every single scene. <laughs> nothing happened, but so much happened. <laughs> so then uh, Stefan and Elena have a scene... And, uh, like, Stefan's like, cool, so we're gonna get back together, right? And Elena's like, what if you gave me one minute? <laughs> well, I, well, we see at the end what happens when Stefan gives her one minute, just so you know. Yeah, it's not good. Um, but Elena's like, hey, I need to, like, I want to be with you. 
but I need to wake up and know that the people I love are safe. I need to feel safe. Good luck with that, girl. Yeah, which is pretty fair. And Stefan's like, okay, cool. Yeah, he, he's pretty, like, re- like reasonable about this, actually. Yeah, he's really respectful. Um, I am mostly just, like, Elena saying this is a surprise to, like, our expectations as a viewer. But I think yeah. Joe does a good job at, like, always trying to be as, like, kind and respectful of, like, what her experience would feel like as possible. Exactly. Because Elena does not just exist to kiss whatever brother you want her to be kissing. That seems ridiculous to me. And you seem like you're just a bitter shipper. You don't know what you're talking about. You're probably right. <laughs> Uh, so then we are back to the ruins in the tomb. Tomb, 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 tomb. Tomb, tomb, tomb. It fucking rules. They brought Catherine there and they trapped her inside and it's amazing. Where she belongs. It's so cool. Catherine is so pissed. She's like, where am I? And Damon's like, where you should have been all along. <laughs> and Catherine says, you should have killed me. And Damon says, death would would have been too kind. Adorable. <laughs> He's fucking dramatic ass bitches. <laughs> I love that. So uh, he starts closing the tomb door and Catherine's like, no, wait, Elaine is in danger. And Damon's like, from what? And Catherine doesn't say anything. And he's like, you're lying. You are always lying. And it's like, really? Like, it's like kind of really sad. I mean, yeah, she is always lying. She's not lying this time, though. Yeah. And Catherine says, why do you think I haven't killed her? Because she's the doppelganger and she needs to be protected. And Damon says, then I'll protect her while you rot in hell. Jill, any thoughts? I love him so much. Um, (laughs) I want to protect him while he protects her. (laughs) I thought it couldn't get better than this scene, and then it did. (laughs) That's season two for you. So glad you wrote it. You did a good job. Listen, giving the people what they need. (laughs) And then we go outside uh, at the Lockwood Mansion. Elena's trying to get to her car, and then she's promptly kidnapped. (laughs) Immediately. Because she cannot have just one second of peace. <laughs> uh, she's probably thinking, oh, wow, I shouldn't have like continued to stay broken up with Stefan now. Yeah, I should have let Stefan walk me to my car. Yeah, a guy in a creepy mask kidnaps her. And then I uh, put in the chat, let's fucking go because I knew it was afoot. Hell yeah. <laughs> Masquerade. And you know what? I what I didn't ask, uh, Michael, what was your experience for the first time watching it? Obviously, you didn't watch it when it originally aired, but you did watch it when Morgan made you watch it, so. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, this was, this is great stuff. I think that this is peak Vampire Diaries. I'm fully into it. We we breezed through this stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was uh, a good watch. You know, I, can't, I don't know if I can remember a lot of specific reactions at the time, other than to the more ridiculous moments, but uh, watching it again now, I I definitely uh, realized, oh, a lot of the really good stuff I like and remember from this season uh, happened here. And there's still so much good stuff to happen in the season that hasn't happened yet. Yes. Will Jill be alive at the end of the season is my question. I, th- I think maybe. I don't think I don't think season three, though. I don't think. I mean, we still have a character that has to be introduced that like is going to murder that's Jill. That's true. That's true. She thinks she's all in on Tyler. Fuck that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you are. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, we can talk about it in the next episode because this character's name is mentioned, actually. We can talk about it now. Wow. Is that his name? Yeah, Klaus. Yeah, Klaus is your... I'm going to be a Klaus girl? You already are a Klaus girl. You don't even know it. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Oh, no. (laughs) Storm's coming for you. (laughs) I'm so ready. I can't wait. 
<laughs> I don't want to hype it up too much, but I do feel like uh, this is going to be your dude. Like, I'm, it's less like hyping it for me and more that just there's there's so much to discuss. And... So much I know that Jill's going to love. Yep. But uh, let's get in to an episode uh, introducing that introduces someone uh, very important to Klaus. The episode, uh, Rose. So we open on uh, Elena's kidnapping still in progress. There's a handoff. They outsource their kidnapping. Yeah, which is pretty clever. So the mask guy throws her in the trunk and then a vampire named Trevor uh, chomps on him. Uh, yes, uh, Trevor, played by TV and films, Trent Ford, who you may know from the Manny Moore vehicle, How to Deal. Ooh, I've always been wondering how I should deal. And now I know. So then, anyways, back at the Gilbert residence, Jeremy's, like, in in he and Elena's shared bathroom, and then he tries to, like, go into Elena's room, and her bed is unslept in, and he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Next, that thing I know about, and moves on. Yeah. So then, uh, Caroline is in her room getting ready for school, and for some ungodly reason, Damon is there. She's having a nice scene with Damon, which, like in the first, like, in the previous episode, Damon ruins, eventually. <laughs> Like, it seems like an okay scene for a while. She's downloading him on the Tyler situation. He's like, I covered for Tyler and said it was an accident. And Damon's like, I don't understand. That guy's a tool. (laughs) And he's like, well, no. Like, him being blamed for her death opens up questions for everyone. Like, questions we don't want getting answered. So let's not fucking do that. Again, because she's smart. (laughs) She's smart. Damon, you're dumb. And uh, he calls him a tool because the last episode we said dick a lot. So we should probably move on. And uh, yeah, so then uh, Carol, like, it's like, where's your mom? And Caroline's like leading the search party for Amy Bradley because they haven't found her body yet. Damon goes, Jesus. all the scenes today and they're underage drinking. Tragic. God, it's horrible. It's so fucked. And they, um, they're like, uh, Damon asks uh, Caroline if Tyler like knows about them. And she says, I didn't say anything. Like he just seemed really fr- freaked out and I felt bad for him. And Damon says, well, he has to know something. And she goes, fine, I'll ask. And then he grabs her and shakes her and says, no, you won't. <sighs> I about this. A bite from a werewolf can kill a vampire, so don't be his friend. Which uh, will be in a thousand previously ons now. The scene was going so well for them. We didn't have to tell Damon to stay away from her, and then that happened. And I needed to tell him to stay away from her and to get a job. (laughs) Yeah, Damon, get a fucking job. Do actually get a job. And then Damon leaves and is like, if you want to drop a hint to your mom that Amy's body's at the bottom of a ravine with a cracked spine, might save her some time. (laughs) Uh, Which is a pretty funny way to redeem himself. (laughs) His sing-song delivery of that is very good. It's a a fun moment. That is a a classic uh, Mr. Ian special. (laughs) Fun moment about a dead. (laughs) Then we go to uh, Mr. Valtai school and uh stefan stefan and jeremy have a little conversation and jeremy's like look you guys gotta let us know if i'm supposed to be covering for you and elena uh you know doing your sex doing your sex uh to cut by plum by morgan yeah um, i hope that they have sex to my version of cut by plum and uh jeremy you know explains like okay well if she wasn't with you then where the fuck was she uh, yeah, and also Tyler is uh, suffering from PTSD. He's very uncomfortable seeing Sarah's memori- memorial at her locker. Uh, he's on edge, and he breaks the locker, like the lock on his locker. <laughs> Just some Peter Parker shit. Yeah. If you are wondering where Elena is, the answer is being transported to the place where she will be held against her will. Yeah. So Trent Ford, Trevor, uh, is carrying her through this mansion, and she's tied up. 
Mm-hmm. And she's like waking up also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's untying her and she's all like, what's going on? And he shushes her. He's like, just a taste. And then enter my wife, Lauren Cohan, as Rose being like, hey, don't do that, Trevor, you dummy. Yeah, don't take a fucking bite out of our hostage. So I, in, in a sense, I appreciate uh, Trevor and Rose's friendship. In another sense, I'm like, Rose, you should have dropped this dummy so long ago. <laughs> he ruined your life. He doesn't seem smart at all. Um, if he's like immediately like, cool, I'll eat her. He super duper ruined her life and he has no impulse control still after 500 years. Yeah, not great. But um, would you like to speak on uh, your uh, journey with um, Rose? Uh, my, my journey with Rose being my wife and uh, Lauren Cohen being my wife? Yep. I mean, Lauren Cohen became my wife uh, in Supernatural. When every Supernatural fan, I, I don't know about uh, how you feel, Jill, uh, hated her as Bella in season three. But I was like, hey, she's good. And you know who's also good? Katie Cassidy. And hey, you made them series regulars. How about you pay them like series regulars? So no wonder they're not going to be in season four. But that's a different rant. <laughs> but yeah, so when she got cast and showed up on Vampire Diaries, I was like, this is good to me. And then I was very happy that Rose was a very good character. And we will obviously see more Rose based on the way this is set up. So I won't go on more because I will talk about Rose more in future episodes. Yeah, but um, she rules. She seems like a bad bitch. Jill, first impressions? Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about her, but she seems cool. She seems cool. Bad taste in best friends, but like, what can you do? Yeah, she's loyal. So uh, Elena's like, hey, I'm not Catherine. I'm Elena. And Rose is like, you know, so you don't have to do this. And Rose is like, I fucking know who you are. I said, be quiet. Yeah, because at this point, it's so many vampires who think that Elena is Catherine. She's just like, let's get this over with. I'm not Catherine. But like Rose is the rare one who's like, I don't think you're Catherine. I know exactly who you are. Be quiet. And Elena won't be quiet. So she's like, she she slaps her because like, be quiet. She told you to be quiet numerous times. (laughs) Damon comes to high school to meet his brother. (laughs) And they're like, huh, is this the work of Catherine? And Damon's like, no, she's in the tomb. And uh, Stefan is like, I don't know, did you shut her in there? And Damon's like, what the fuck? <laughs> we saw it. It was all dramatic. He really shut her in there. Yeah. And he's and he's like, yes, I put her in the tomb. End of story. But you know, she did say something <laughs> to me like, before I shut her in. But I thought she was lying, which is hilarious. And Stefan's like, what the fuck did she say? Uh, just that like Elena was in danger. <laughs> and you know, uh, she was right. <laughs> One fucking brain cell. Stefan's like, you didn't think you should maybe like ask her to elaborate? And she's like, I don't know. She's a fucking liar. I had a really good line to go out on. I had to, <laughs> I had to leave it at that. So uh, they're like, look, we can't. If we ask her for help, she's gonna try to negotiate the terms of her release, and we're gonna be dumb enough to give it to her, <laughs> which is hilarious because it's very true. Yeah. Someone's like, well, it's Elena, so I'm gonna do it, which we love. Then we have a Tyler and. Caroline scene and I was like how do you know all this stuff about me? Uh, this is where she begins like attempting to gaslight him. She's like no what? That you're upset? Like I thought I was doing a good thing by covering for you and uh, she, he's like that's not what I'm talking about and she's like no 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 look it's an accident. I gotta go. Don't blame yourself. Bye! <laughs> and he's like well this was weird. Oh poor guy. Um, then we're back at Elena's kidnapping. <laughs> Rose and Trevor are talking about some guy named Elijah. Ooh Ah, and a deal for their for their freedom. Mm-hmm. And then Elena pops up like, who's Elijah? Uh, and Rose says, he's your worst nightmare, which is true. It's so funny. It's funny. It's also true. 
Oh yeah, it fucking rolls. Oh, I do have in my notes here from uh my, from Caroline that Caroline is rocking a good skinny scarf in this episode. <laughs> okay, Caroline her skinny scarves. I, I forgot all about them in season one. Uh-huh. So then Stefan and Bonnie have a scene. Bonnie's like, "Well, I can't undo the tomb spell." And Stefan's like, "Okay, but I could open the door to talk to her." And she goes, "Yeah, but like she's not going to tell you anything without something in return." And Stefan says, "No, but I have to do something." And Bonnie says, "What if there's another way to find her? Like, what if I located her with a?" spell <laughs> yeah because honestly uh catherine like talking to catherine wouldn't have given them information where elaine is anyway because she has nothing to do with this yeah so uh she and so they go to lark's classroom and they do a locator spell but they do it with um bonnie a uh, slicing jeremy's hand open and then the blood moves on the map and tells uh tells us where elaine is Reminding us all or informing us all that there is a Lynchburg, Virginia, Mm. and they never changed the name of that town, and they are not apologetic. Uh, yeah, not good. We don't like... Um, I'm trying to, I'm looking through our chat because I believe we made uh, some other jokes about this. Oh, this is where Michael made a comment that made me laugh really hard, which is how does blood know what a map is? <laughs> I actually, I, you know, I, I accept it. That's, that's, a, I, I think that's an acceptable form of magic. I just uh, enjoy saying it. But uh. Oh yeah, it's, it's called blood magics. Look it up, Michael. <laughs> I took issue with the uh, sound that Jeremy made when Bonnie um, cut his hand open. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because it just added more fuel to uh, your fire of uh, hating everything happening with this this coupling. Didn't care for it. I didn't care for it one bit. But anyways, it, uh, you know, tells them where Elena is. And uh, they're uh, off to go find Elena. And Bonnie's just like, I have a nosebleed. Don't look at me. Yep. But Jeremy, like, clocks it. <laughs> so then uh, Tyler's outside, and he's playing basketball, and he's doing real good. He's teen wolfing, baby. He's teen wolfing. He's teen wolfing. We have a teen wolf in our midst. <laughs> is Matt the Styles to his teen wolf? Hell yes, he is. <laughs> I hope they go car surfing. God, I I feel like Vampire Diaries could have gotten away with ripping off the the Teen Wolf movie uh, car surfing situation. It's really fucked that the TV show Teen Wolf never did the movie Teen Wolf's car surfing. It's weird the moments where TV Teen Wolf is so serious because like, come on, you can't have the the things like my mom did all the grocery shopping or the guy yelling state and then not have the car surfing scene also. Right, it's fucked up and also uh, it's fucked up that uh, Dylan O'Brien never or uh, uh, movie styles is what are you looking at dick nose t-shirt that uh, Mac wears on It's Always Sunny. Hello and welcome to our Teen Wolf podcast where we talk all things Teen Wolf. Movies, TV, memorabilia. (laughs) (laughs) Ah woo. Um, Anyways, the movie Teen Wolf is a gift. Jill, have you seen the movie Teen Wolf? I have not. One day I will write my piece about the movie Teen Wolf in which being a Teen Wolf in the movie is basically analogous to being a black man where it's like he's so cool he can play basketball now he's playing a union soldier in this weird uh civil war play that they're, they're doing i don't understand what that civil war play is why it exists but also there's a part of the movie where styles is just like a sex criminal and should be in prison in the 80s movie i don't know about that was teen wolf streaming the movie i don't know but it should be. i'm so sorry this by is the way i just because i wasn't on in the uh, early parts i will say i loved mason Lockwood. Mm. like the mason mason got me into season two like very early i was like ooh, good new character they're starting with i was 
not pleased that he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love Mason Lockwood, and I I actually don't know the fandom op- opinion on Mason Lockwood, but like I don't imagine hating him at all because he's just a good guy who is chill and nice. Anyways, we go to a Tyler and Caroline scene. Caroline is noticing that Tyler seems unwell. <laughs> Caroline's like, look, Tyler, I think you just like misunderstood me at the party because it was traumatic. And Tyler's like, no, you're fucking lying to me. And he grabs her arm and she fucking like twists it behind his back and throws him around, which rules. And he's like, you're stronger than me. And then she ke- keeps gaslighting him. She's like, oh, please, that was nothing. And he's like, look, if you know something, you have to tell me because I can't handle this. And she says, I'm sorry, but I think you're still in shock. And she like runs away. Bye. And then he uh, throws a garbage can and it hits a car. Yeah, but she's still like, I won't tell you anything that would help you. Yeah, that was not good. I feel bad. Um, But it was hot when she did karate on him. I'm very sorry for myself. (laughs) So then uh, Stefan and Damon are on a little road trip. Yay. And this is actually my favorite of Alaric's gadgets. It's one of my favorites. It's uh, Vervain Grenades. That's pretty dope. They fucking rule. They're like, yeah, I have like vervain grenades now. And uh, they're like, who do you think took her? And Damon's like, I don't know, someone from Catherine's past because she's running from someone and they got the wrong girl. Stefan tries to be a sweetie and like thank is like, thanks for helping me. And we both know you being in this car has nothing to do with me and uh, everything to do with you liking Elena. <laughs> and um, Damon's like, whatever, I could stop helping any second. Uh-huh, sure. That is exactly how Stefan replies. <laughs> <laughs> It is so funny when Damon tries to pretend he doesn't give a shit. So transparent. So transparent. So then uh, over uh, in Jeremy's room, he and Bonnie are in his bed. <laughs> Jeremy's and- room where the action happens. <laughs> Sketching uh, and a lot of other stuff. And looking at your cool phone that you can bing things on. I, I loved bingling on my cool LG phone. Oh, guys, we, we were excited. This is what I like to call art. Uh, other TV shows suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, other shows don't tell me what phones I can bang stuff on, and it's fucking... Uh, no, I love... Uh, I'm so aggressively nostalgic for Vampire Diaries product placement. It makes me so happy. I'm the same way whenever there's, like, Verizon product placement on um, on Gossip Girl. All we do now is just watch CW shows, like, rewatch them and look at product placement and think, remember this? Remember the good old days? Quarantine is is making me feel like a suburban teen again. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm having. Like, I'm watching the Vampire Diaries and Gossip Girl. I'm, like, alone in my room, uh, which means that I'm very fortunate. <laughs> But Jeremy and Jeremy and Bonnie are talking and Bonnie's like, I really wish I could do something more. And I think that I can. And so she writes a little note and sends it to Elena via magic. But it's way too much for her. And she like faints and gets a nosebleed. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, um, I think our, our buddy is overextending herself. Um, I do want to talk about the best of CW product placement, though, which mm-hmm. actually trumps uh, Vampire Diaries. And by best, it's also worst. Mm-hmm. Um, it's insane. And I don't think, like, Vampire Diaries could never, which <laughs> is um, season seven of uh, of Smallville. Like, a, a lot of the product placement from, was from Stride Gum. <laughs> but that's not even, like, the most important part, which is that there's an entire episode which both uh, promotes the band One Republic. 
Hell yeah. And Stride Bubblegum. Like, they're having a secret concert at the Stride Gum Factory, the band One Republic. <laughs> That's how the episode begins. And then this Clark's friend Pete, who comes back, who, like, left after season three, he shows up and he's, like, work like, He's a roadie for One Republic, and he's chewing this stride gum, which has been infected by kryptonite, and then he gets stretching abilities. Yeah. I swear to God, when you said he comes back, and I I was like, oh, and he works at the factory that makes the gum. (laughs) (laughs) He got a gum job. He takes it, like, yeah, he takes some stride gum from one of like the, the many boxes at the stride gum factory and he just chews it and then he ends up getting stretch abilities because what you want to promote when you're promoting your gum is that like you get radioactive kryptonite in it and it will give you special abilities. And you're poisoned with superpowers. It's the, uh, the gum gum fruit. And that happened in season seven of Smallville and it is the worst episode of Smallville that has ever existed. <laughs> Much like many episodes centered on Pete, because Pete was a terrible character they originally got rid of, but just for him to return that one time, he reminded everyone why it was a good thing he left. Well, that sounds incredible. Um, I am just going to tell you that what I wrote in my notes was, I can bing on my friggin' phone. <laughs> um, we don't bing our- with each other anymore. We <laughs> bing on our, our phones. phones. <laughs> but... Can you end your day with an emotional moment set to One Republic's Apologize? And not even like the Timberland remix, but like this the original version of Apologize? No, I will end it with the Timberland remix. <laughs> so uh, then uh, so that's how that scene goes. I'm glad we covered it. <laughs> uh, we go back to Elena's kidnapping and uh, she has a little talk with Rose where she's like, why the fuck am I here? Mm-hmm. Because well, I'm giving you to Elijah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rose says she's a delivery service for Elijah, basically. And then she, um, oh, oh wait, I'm sorry. Before we go on, I have to, to note Jill say, leave room for Jesus, kids, for Bonnie and Jeremy. See? I don't want them touching. <laughs> I would not call myself a religious person, but they need to leave room for Jesus. Yeah. Think of Christ. <laughs> Think of Christ. Um, so, so um, Rose is explaining who Elijah is and the originals. And she's like, what? The Salvatores didn't teach you vampire history? I'm like, the Salvatores don't know vampire history. They don't know shit. They've just been like busy like learning about Catherine and like not knowing how to control themselves. They're very ignorant of their own culture. <laughs> they really are. Like they didn't even know werewolves existed. And I think you noted Michael. So but it, it does make sense though. Cause like Damon did like fight for the South civil war and he's like wait slavery i don't, I don't know about that like that's is that i don't know about that thing they're they're yeah they're not very curious because remember emily wasn't Catherine's slave she was her handmaiden, her handmaiden. <laughs> and she lo- she likes it <laughs> good god uh so anyways yeah she's like yeah um they have not taught me anything how do you know stefan and david and rose is just like oh yeah i know of them a hundred years back a friend of mine tried to set me up with stefan and said he and said he was one of the good ones which is a, a lexi line from her episode to which i was like it's lexi and like i mean if, if lexi likes rose that's all you need to know that is truly all you need to know but then she does add that she's more of a sucker for the bad boys though oh so keep that in your notes. Um, and Elena's like, well, who are the originals? And I'm like, well, Elena, that's a whole spin-off. 
So Rose is like, Trevor and I have been running for 500 years and we're using you to negotiate our way out of this mess because you're a Petrova doppelganger. That's going to get some mileage in the other previous leads. Oh yeah. I've been so excited for that. Petrova doppelganger. Petrova doppelganger. Um, so then Elena's like, the curse, the sun and the moon curse. And she's like, oh, okay. So you fucking know that. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's exactly what Rose said word for word. And, uh, and so Rose explains, no. So the deal is the moonstone is what binds the curse and the sacrifice breaks it. And Elena's like, huh, what? <laughs> sacrifice? And she goes, yeah, the blood of the doppelganger. You, which means break the curse, you have to die. Dun dun dun. Zoinks. And Elena is weirdly not relieved. She's finally going to die. (laughs) (laughs) She no longer wants the D. Elena does not cheer loudly. (laughs) Fucked up. Uh, So then Caroline goes into her home and fucking Tyler is terrifying. I mean, I don't know if I would find him terrifying. No, he's not. I mean, I find it hilarious that Tyler broke into her home, but I don't think that I, I believe that um, she's not safe. Because remember, again, vampires are stronger than werewolves, except for when they are in wolf mode. Yeah. So she was never not safe. She is. But Tyler's like, hey, you're fucking lying to me. I saw that you're strong. Tell me the fucking truth. And uh, she's like, you're a werewolf. Say it. <laughs> Jill? Say it, baby. Say it out loud. And she busts out laughing. Because she is the cutest person in the universe. And she's like, wait, what? And then he like shoves her and is very mad and yells at her to stop lying and yells again for her to say it. And uh, like he slaps the wall and a picture breaks and she pushes him and she shows him her like vampire face. Yay. I'm not a werewolf, okay? (laughs) I love her, guys. (laughs) Jill, how did you feel about this scene? Very, very into this scene. (laughs) (laughs) Jill's like working on her fan fiction as we speak. (laughs) Guys, oh my god. I'm going to ask you right now to not look at Vampire Diaries fan fiction because it is going to spoil you a ton. Yeah, as much as you want to throughout these episodes, do not look up Vampire Diaries fan fiction. I'm sorry. That's okay. I will uh, keep rereading the series that I keep reading and reading over again. Cool. To fill that void. Oh, or just write your own Vampire Diaries fan fiction and then read it on the podcast. Um, she did. It's called Vampire Diaries Season 2. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, but no, please do write Vampire Diaries fan fiction and read it on the podcast. <laughs> I can't write. Morgan, we should find some fan fiction that we know won't spoil it. Like that will be appropriate for the show and then we should read that. Ooh, I would love that. Yeah, we'll find old fanfic. That'll be great. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Michael, you have to recite some fanfic just so you know. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, anyways, so Elena and Rose are still talking, and Trevor calls Elena doppelicious. Oh, uh, Trevor, you idiot. <laughs> Didn't care for that. Uh, Elena's like, well, who are you running from? And Trevor's like, the originals. And she's like, yeah, but what the fuck does that mean? And uh, Trevor says, they're the first family, the old world, and Rose and I pissed them off. By Rose and I, he means him it was him he did this yeah and they've been running for 500 years because of his bullshit um and it was all because he trusted Catherine. as they do like if you have someone guarding Catherine or a place Catherine's supposed to be you need to like really watch out for them because they will become obsessed with her or let her go yep uh and then rose says that Catherine was the first petrova doppelganger and trevor helped her escape her fate and they've been marked ever since yep which means again 
again that Trevor's been marked ever since, and because Rose is a good best friend, she's followed along these 500 years instead of abandoning him. Yeah, which is very nice of her. So then uh, back in Jeremy's room, uh, Jeremy gets Bonnie some water, which is nice. And he's like, hey, what the fuck? And uh, the song is called In My Veins, and I'm just like, oh yeah, uh, Jeremy's in Bonnie's veins, you guys. Ooh, get out of her baby. <laughs> He's like, oh, in my veins, Jeremy and Bonnie. No, please no. Jeremy's in Bonnie's veins. Bonnie can't get enough. <laughs> Platinum. Um, when we release our mixtape, <laughs> it's over for you, bitches. Oh God, just a collection of our terrible, terrible covers of Vampire Diary songs. <laughs> Um, I think very good covers is what you meant. Jill, it could be your turn to sing one of these songs. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so Bonnie's like, oh, whatever. It's no big deal. I've been doing a lot of magic. And uh, it wears me down. And Jeremy's like, when I'm worn down, I take a nap. You pass the fuck out. She's like, yeah, I know. But like, magic is its limits. If you push it too hard, it pushes back. I learned all this from the grimoire. And I'm not invincible. But please don't tell anyone. Because it's a weakness. And I don't want certain people to know that. And Jeremy... I will give it him credit here, is smart enough to be like, okay, so Damon? <laughs> and Bonnie's yeah. like, anyone who can hurt me, and he says he won't tell, he promises. Don't you just love it, Jill? No. I don't want any part of this. So Jill ships it. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, over the house, Elaine actually does get Bonnie's note. It says, Stefan and Damon are coming for you. Yay! Then, in Damon's car, uh, Damon fucking drinks out of a blood bag like it's a Capri Sun. <laughs> and Michael loses his fucking mind. <laughs> little sippies. <laughs> yeah, and then Stefan's like, hey, yo, pass it over to me. And Damon's like, wait, what the fuck? I'll, I'll I'll do it. It's fine. And Stefan's like, no, I've been drinking a little bit every day. I'm increasing my intake and I'm building up my strength. And Damon's like very surprised. He's like, do you, does Elena know? And Stefan's like, yeah, I've been drinking her blood. <laughs> <laughs> Loses his chill. Oh, okay. Mm, how romantic. He's so fucking jealous in this scene. It's hilarious and he's just like okay so cool since we're bonding remember when all you lived for was blood and you ripped people apart for it and Stefan's like you mean like when I was more like you (laughs) and then Damon's like yeah like when you put blood into me so like we could both be vampires (laughs) I wonder if Elena would be so quick to open up her veins to that guy whatever happened to him and Stefan totally schools Damon by saying I guess he found something else to live for Damn. Dang. Meanwhile, Trevor is spiraling now that Elijah is actually here. And he's like, oh, he's, it doesn't matter if we hand over Elena, he's gonna fucking kill me. He hates me. And it's actually really sweet. Like, Rose calms him down. She, like, reminds him that they're family. It's like, oh, this is cute. Yeah, it's really nice. And then Jill makes me upset. Yeah, Jill has the gall. I'm so sorry. Jill says that Elijah, when he shows up, looks like a dweeb. He does. Uh, this is a proper legend you're talking about, <laughs> Jill. This is a king. Like I. <laughs> oh yeah. How where is Elijah in your pantheon, Vampire Diaries characters? Uh, it's kind of skewed because of Legacies has introduced oh, yeah. so many faves. So take Legacies out of it. If we're just talking about like Vampire Diaries, Elijah's probably. I mean, not to be too, like, obvious about how important he's going to be, but, like, this is, like, top three or four, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely a top boy. Top boy. Yeah. This is one of your guys. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Elijah rules. 
Uh, he shows up. Fucking, he's so cool. He doesn't even know what to say. He's, he's got like, he's got a very good. Uh, he's got a very strong vibe here because uh, you know D- Damon and Stefan feel very contemporary, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and so does everyone. Even though we're sometimes told they're hundreds of years old, Elijah, at least in this these first scenes, he does not feel contemporary. This feels like he, this feels like something new, and by which I mean something old. But like I yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, Rose is like instantly like very. Like, it's great because, like, I think Rose does a solid job of selling her age, and then she, like, seems young to Elijah. And I think yeah. they do a good job of, like, establishing that hierarchy. Like, she's immediately, like, embarrassed of the, you know, decrepit old mansion they're meeting in. And Elijah is, like, very, like, oh, of course, what's a little dirt? Um, what gives you the courage to call me? And Rose says, you know, I want my freedom. I'm tired of running. Are you in a position to grant me that freedom? And Elijah, just, you know, dripping authority, uh, says, I have the complete authority to grant pardon to you and your little pet. What is his name these days? Trevor, <laughs> if I so see fit. God. Crazy. So Rose is like, okay, it's about Catherine. She didn't burn down in the church in 1864. She survived. And Elijah's like, cool, where is she? And Rose is like, you're not surprised? And Elijah's like, yeah, when you invited me here, like, we're close to Mystic Falls. I knew this would be about Catherine. Never. (laughs) And Rose says, no, I have better. I have her doppelganger. And Elijah, like, can't believe it. Family line ended with her. He knew it for a fact. But Rose says the facts are wrong. And uh, she brings out Elena. Uh, And then they have a scene. And Jill wrote in the chat, oh, one more man to fall in love with Elena. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong, though? Uh, Should I tell him she's wrong? You're wrong. He just takes a big old sniff. You are wrong, Jill. He, he's a he's a curious person. I think he's naturally curious. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Jill, are you upset he doesn't fall in love with Elena? I mean, just like keep adding dudes to fall in love with her. Why not? <laughs> I mean, again, people for some reason have issues with Elena. I feel like that's how you get more issues with Elena if every dude falls in love with her. Yeah. That's how you get Alana Lang, honestly, and no one wants that. Yeah, no, thank you. I love Elijah. Uh, he is, like, very surprised to meet Elena and to smell that she is human. Uh, my mother also loves Elijah, and I might just, like, record something with her talking about how she loves Elijah for the podcast. Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> yeah, Elijah is also her boy. Ampies, hey, so... I did talk to my mom about her feelings on Elijah. Um, So here, listen to them now, please. Thank you. Um, Also, if you hear pitter-pattering, and by if, I mean when you hear pitter-pattering in the background during this discussion, uh, that is our dogs, uh, Chewie and Dahlia, because I told them they could be guests on the podcast, and uh, they just decided to run around while my mom and I talked in her bathroom. So... Enjoy. Mother, how do you feel about Elijah Michelson? Without spoilers. What do you mean spoilers? I love Elijah. You know I love Elijah. (laughs) Elijah is the vampire. He's vicious, but he does it in his creepy suit. Looking good. Yeah, and kicking ass. So that works for me. I love him. Okay. My mom also loves Elijah. Um, She does love Damon a lot, but she does accidentally call him Damien a lot. <laughs> tell her his name is Damo. I will tell her that next time I talk to her. Uh, she um, she watched the show for the first like four years like with me. I would usually like watch it as soon as humanly possible then I would watch it like a second time with her that week because mm-hmm. I was out of control. 
And that's what out of control looks like for you. So I was a really cool kid doing a lot of cool stuff, like watching the Vampire Diaries twice every week. <laughs> Anyways, back with Stefan and Damon. They're kind of like, all right. Let's figure this thing out. What are we going to do? These guys are probably like at least five, 500 years old and strong. Because um, so if we go in this house, we might not come back out. And Stefan's like, all right, then I won't come out. Mm-hmm. David's like, fuck, Jesus, you're so noble. Yeah, Stefan's like being all noble and all in. And Damon is furious. <laughs> He's, Damon's like, fuck, uh, me too. Stefan literally says, I can't think of a better reason to die. But if you want to stay here... I'll totally understand and leaves. <laughs> Pretty good nag on this, on this brother there. You should always nag your siblings. <laughs> it's really funny. I love it. So uh, Elijah's like, cool, I'm going to take this human child. And Elena looks at Rose and is like, please don't let this man take me. <laughs> and Rose is like, bye, nice meeting you. So Elijah goes up to Trevor Trevor apologizes and Elijah's like, it's not necessary. And he goes, no, it is. You trusted me and I failed you. And he goes, oh, yeah, you know, you are guilty. And uh, Rose was loyal to you. But where was your loyalty? And this guy begs for forgiveness. Elijah grabs it. And then he fucking smacks his head off. Yes, Elijah. (laughs) It rolls. Unless I am missing something or overlooking something, which I which I could be, uh, I think this is the best kill in the series. I might tie it with another kill in season six. Is it? Yeah, yeah because it's like the same thing. <laughs> um, I, I I wrote Michael a note. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. But I think just this the like it, it's the just very well. It's just very great. it's very well done. We've never seen this before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I like Rose, like, screaming as he just, like, kind of, like, hasn't even, like, fallen to the ground completely, I don't think. It, it, just, it's it's cool. Uh, Elijah's a pimp. Uh, he, he, <laughs> he fucking rules, and, like, Rose is, like, freaking out, and Elijah's like, no, nah, you're free, it's all cool. <laughs> yeah, he respects you. He did not respect Trevor, so that's why Trevor had to die. Yeah, so Elijah's like, cool, Elena, let's go. And she's like, well, what about the Moonstone? Um, and he's like, you know about the Moonstone? She's like, yeah. <laughs> And then she's trying to strike a deal, and Elijah's like, what the fuck, Rose? Elena truly is where I wrote in the chat, I spy with my little eye some leverage. <laughs> and then, like, Elijah looks at Rose and is like, this bitch negotiating with me? Rose, like, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Rose, her delivery of that line is so funny, because <laughs> she's so aggressively overwhelmed, but she knows she still needs to be, like, a little polite, but she knows she's allowed to be a little annoyed about that. <laughs> it's a It's a lovely delivery she's like i was i'm off the hook right still yeah she's like fuck i mean i didn't know (laughs) so then elijah rips off her vervain necklace which excuse me that is iconic uh yeah it's like oh we could have been ripping off vervain necklaces the whole time uh so he's like okay tell me where the moonstone is and uh elena is immediately compelled and it's really creepy and there's something about specifically elena getting compelled that i uh don't like um i don't like it when it happens to anyone it is never okay it is always spooky but since elena is so often protected from it like by her necklace which is such a staple of the series it's really scary to see her compelled I don't like it that's how you know that uh, Elijah's not playing around he means business yeah so she tells him that the moonstone is with Catherine in the tomb and he's like ah yeah. cool 
Then the Salvatore boys uh, zoop in. <laughs> zoop is the word we're using now. Zoop. I use zoop a lot, so sorry. So they zoop all around the room. Hey, over here. Zoop. I'm over here. <laughs> zoop. And uh, Elijah's like not having it. They like shoot him with a stake in his hand and he like takes it out and is like, what the fuck is this? But before they do anything, uh, he has a little speech about, you know, how they can't beat him and it's so hot. Excuse me, to whom it may concern, you're making a great mistake if you think you can beat me. You can't. Honestly, what a dreamboat. Truly so cool. He like finds this coat rack and starts breaking everything off of it so he can make it into a steak. And he's like... I want the girl, so I'm counting to fucking three. It's crazy that he he dropped an F-bomb on the CW and they just let him because he's Elijah. They let him do it. It was very cool. Um, So Elena's like, all right, I'll come with you. Just like, don't hurt my friends. They just want to help. And Elijah's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she vervain grenades him, which rules. And, and like it definitely, it spooks him for a bit. Like it does nothing to him. Yeah, he's like, ow. I didn't like it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Stefan, uh, you know, tries to shoot him a bunch and it, it really doesn't do much at all. But then ultimately Damon kind of gets the last like stab in and grabs the coat rack and like impales him on the wall. Which is cool. It is cool. And then Rose is like, I'm out. And Elena is like, let her go, which, aw. And Stefan is like, are you okay? And they and they hug. And uh, then while she's hugging Stefan, she looks at Damon over his shoulder and she mouths, thank you. And Damon mouths, you're welcome. Will? But I, well, before Joe can go, I just want to say I love how that shot is framed because like you see Damon, he sees Elena, he's like, and she's walking towards him. He's like, yay, I'm going to get get uh, the praise. And then immediately Stefan walks into the frame and they have the big hug and it's hilarious. It gave me the same vibes of Spike seeing Buffy for the first time in season six. And, um, oh. <laughs> Jesus, Joe. <laughs> I loved it. It hurt when, um. Steve came in. <laughs> uh, this is where Michael uh, wrote in the chat. Yeah, she's in his arms, but uh, it's me she's talking to. Checkmate, bro. <laughs> to which Jill replied, I'm gonna have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might be like dating her and like having sex with her and like engaged to her, but like we're talking in the DMs. So like what uh what do you what do you think is really going on here? Do you do you not see it? Do you not see our connection? Um but it's nice to see cuz like I mean like Damon and Elena have not been in a very good place and this is like the friendliest she's been towards him since uh, Jeremy's death. And it hurts. Speaking of Jeremy, uh, Bonnie is sleeping in his bed, and you know he's freaking the fuck out about it. That's just Jill. Jeremy's like, damn, I might get to, like, smell some hair. Like, I could... He's like, dude, my pillow's gonna smell like her shampoo. It's gonna uh, be pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, so then Elena comes home, and she thanks Bonnie for her message. And bon- and they, like, Bonnie, like, cries, and they, they hug. Ew! In the transcription I'm reading, it says, then Jeremy embraces her and kisses her neck. I want to with <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> because as I've noted before and note here, Stephen R. McQueen does not know how to hug Nina Dobrev in a sibling way. And he always like cradles her head in, in a very intimate way. And I, and I can't not notice it. Uh, it's so weird. And I'm so glad that the, the transcript realizes how creepy it is. He nuzzles her. It's not good. 
I love it. More, 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 more. So then uh, over at the Salvatores, Damon is enjoying some brown liquor. And then uh, Stefan arrives and uh, he's like, yeah, I took her home. And he's like, why are you here? And it's like, oh, she wanted to be with Jeremy. They drink some scotch. They agree to keep Elena safe. And Stefan says, the only way we can do that is if we're not fighting each other. Like, we let Catherine come between us before. If we let it happen with Elena, we're not going to be able to keep her safe. And Damon's, like, not interested in his brother being nice to him. And uh, Stefan says, I'm sorry for being the guy who made you turn 145 years ago. I never said it aloud, and you need to hear it. What I did was selfish. I didn't want to be alone. I guess I just needed my brother. Aww. Finally apologized, and he said it in a very sweet way, and I like that. I like that. It's like, uh, maybe if Damon finally apologized to Caroline, we could be good, and it'd be fine. But the scene is sweet, and that is, like, very much, in a lot of ways, like, the original sin of the show, so it's nice to see Stefan, like, try to close that loop. Yeah. Then we have a Tyler-Caroline scene. Would you guys like to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so Caroline has brought uh, booze for Tyler, because, you know, for vampires, the alcohol really helps with, like, the urges and the cravings. Mm-hmm. But not so much for werewolves i guess because he like his whole thing is that uh he feels like he's on fire all the time which you know what that could uh lead to some rage yeah she's like wow uh, different for me <laughs> so maybe he shouldn't have alcohol to say maybe he should just like uh suck on some ice chips yeah for real so like tyler's like is there anyone else like you and she's like nope <laughs> long story are there any other werewolves and he's like no just me and mason and mason's gone and uh she's like please don't tell anyone not about me not about you no one's gonna get it and I want to tell you about, like, my mom and all the founding families, but I need you to promise that no one will find out about us because it's, like, life and death. Mm-hmm. And Tyler is so sad. He says he has no one else to tell. He's just alone with all of this. And he's, like, going to turn on the next full moon, and he's really scared. He is a terrified boy, and they do hugs. I put a hugs with a Z. But also in the scene, Caroline says heightened, and we should acknowledge that. Heightened. They made me very emotional here. He, like, cries and stuff. It's sweet. Jill, your feelings? I mean, you know me and crying boys. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely want them to kiss at this point, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. I wanted that to happen. But I will accept her cradling him as he cries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She should have hugged him like uh, Jeremy hugs Elena. <laughs> Yikes. I think that tells you that they have a very non-sexual and sibling-like energy. <laughs> Uh, so then at the Salvadors, uh, Stefan's hanging out and in arrives Rose and she brings up uh, the magic word, which is Lexi. That is the magic word, really. For sure. She's like, Lexi told me that you're one of the good ones. And Stefan's like, whoa, Lexi, hi. <laughs> and she explains like, look, Trevor is my best friend. For 500 years, I've only lived with him and now he's gone and I don't want to run anymore and I don't have anywhere else to run to. And Stefan's like, well, I can't help you. And Rose says, I don't need your help, but you need mine. Elijah may be dead, but like the stuff isn't over. Like the originals are going to come for Elena and they have to. They're doing it for him. And Stefan says, for who? And Rose says, Klaus. Klaus it will be uh, Jill's baby boy. <laughs> she doesn't realize how much that's true, but it's so true. What if I end up hating him? Oh, you're going to love Klaus. <laughs> I think, like, there's a chance for sure. I'm, like, worried we're going to hype him too much and then you're going to hate him. But he ticks a lot of your boxes. <laughs> He's a mean boy with, like, issues, who cries a lot. He doesn't trust anyone. He has so many feelings. Oh, yeah, that checks a lot of my boxes. <laughs> Everyone's conspiring against him in his mind. You're going to love him. Mm. He sounds like the perfect depressive demon nightmare boy. 
Anything to add? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> Klaus, I will I will say this: when Klaus finally arrives, he is very different than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. He does not have the vibe I expected based on the way everyone talks about him and based on like Elijah and everything. So I think just you know you can you'll make your own judgments. Mm-hmm. I definitely think he doesn't have the vibe I expected based on what the show portrayed. Uh, but I do know that the vibe that he does have is 100% Jill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, speaking of 100% Jill, uh, this episode's final scene. Oh, <laughs> 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 fucking Damon brings her back her necklace. But before he gives it back, he says he has to say something. And it's probably the most selfish thing he's ever said. And he says he has to say it once. And it's that he loves her. (laughs) Uh, Friends? And he can't be selfish with her. He can't be selfish with her. Uh, And she can't know it. That he doesn't deserve her, but his brother does. He gives her a little kiss, our forehead, and then he compels her and we're all fine. Uh, yeah, uh, so season two has a lot of episode ending uh, Damon monologues like this one. Mm-hmm. And they're all very good. And being like remembering that this one was in this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, it's great. And Jill's dead now. She's a ghost. I... Don't remember the last time my heart was beating that fast <laughs> in a scene. <laughs> and then the close-up of his eyes and there's just a tear falling. Good fucking guy. The tear <laughs> compulsion. It is it is powerful. My cry count this season is two. <laughs> my notes literally say like parentheses, all caps, Jill's dead. I don't think I even typed anything during that. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. We were all like, is Jill okay? <laughs> What does our chat say here? Yeah. So I guess Jill is dead. She's done. Bye, Jill. Writing this must have been hard for you. (laughs) (laughs) And then Elijah, like, wakes up. (laughs) Yes, Elijah is alive, despite getting staked with a coat rack. Which, uh, I mean, badass bitch. Yeah, it's tight as hell. Fuck, that fucking I love you scene is so devastating. Yeah. I can't even, like, talk... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't even talk about it. It good? It real good. But Jill, what do you think about the fact that like she's his one chance at happiness, but he can't compromise uh, all her chances at happiness to try to get it? Oh fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love it. I love it so much. Michael, how do you feel about, like, you we, You don't talk a lot about, like, shipping and stuff like that. Like, where were you at this point? I, you know, I want to, I, I view, I usually view shipping that from a very, like, storytelling, like, I want the show to be good and compelling episode to episode sort of standpoint. So yeah, I, I want to see what happens with Damon, mostly just because I want, you know, let's see a new dynamic. Let's, let's see what this looks like. Let's, you know, create new conflicts. That's mm-hmm. kind of the perspective I view it from because I'm, I'm Morgan is falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, you gotta see that dark love. Come on. Hell yeah. So you wanted her to be with Dan. I wanted to see it happen. Yeah. I don't think I knew what I wanted to see in like the long term because they were still doing, you know, they even just like killed Jeremy <laughs> in front of her. Yeah. Like the, a truly like unforgivable like act so you know if i'm assessing it like realistically it makes no sense but you know it's fun i want to see you know i want to see the 
the sad uh, boy, uh, you know, see if he can uh, do a kiss. <laughs> Did you want to know, like, basically what a Damon and Elena relationship would look like? Yeah, I wanted to know what it would look like, and I wanted to know how it would affect everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you weren't like, kiss! I, I kind of was, but like... <laughs> You know, part of it is just, like, for the, like, momentum of it. The, like, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more as it uh, as it goes on. I, I do mm-hmm. I do find it very fascinating, mm-hmm. the, the way things unfold. I, I think it's compelling. Mm-hmm. Well, stay tuned. <laughs> to see, will Dana ever kiss? We'll find out. I don't think so. You got eight seasons. Will they ever kiss? Or will it just always be Catherine? I'm pretty sure I'd remember if they kissed. <laughs> She was like, I'm going to murder you, Morgan. I can't remember them ever kissing. <laughs> so Now that I think about it, like, I can't remember them ever kissing. I can't remember them ever doing it. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Jill. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Jill, we searched our memories. We went through our vampire diaries, and this is what we can remember. I have nothing in my vampire diary about them kissing. Michael? Do you have any memories? I mean, if if I did, they must have been compelled away <laughs> by the very vampires of, of whom we speak. Sorry, you guys. I have to kill Michael really quick. <laughs> Should we talk character rankings? Uh, I think so. I, I'm excited for these character rankings from Jill. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <clears throat> I have them in my phone now to track it. Coming in at number five, we have Caroline. Okay. Number four is Catherine. Ooh, wow, four. Number three is Bonnie. Oh, I, I know I know who the first two are. <laughs> Can you guess the order? <laughs> I think two might be Damon, actually. You were correct up until the I love you scene. <laughs> I love you scene happened and Damon went right back to number one. Whoa. <laughs> he was number two says a lot. <laughs> I can't believe Bonnie is third for the first time ever. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bonnie. Number two is Tyler. There you go. Love him. No, but he was number one until the I love you scene. Yeah, he, I had him at number one, ready to go. And then that scene happened and I was like, fuck. <laughs> 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 this ranking is thrilling to me. <laughs> Obviously, when the podcast started, it seemed like, oh, the rankings will never change. And oh, how they have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> We knew they'd change. I just didn't know when. <laughs> and, and how drastically. <laughs> just Tyler skyrocketing. She, he really did. He, he, like, you barely ever thought of him. And now Trevino did that. <laughs> <laughs> so now I guess we must talk crushes. It's time. It is time. So I can do my crushes first, which are Catherine and Lucy for the first episode. Mm-hmm. And then Rose and Elijah for the next episode. So fair. <laughs> yeah. And that's that. I have four crushes, but they're all pairs. So it counts. <laughs> uh, Jill, would you like to go or uh, do you not have yours yet? Oh, no, I have them. <laughs> <laughs> so for the first episode, it's Catherine. Hell yeah. And then for the second one, it is Tyler. Wow. Wow. I'm Shocker. Sorry. Right? Big surprise. <laughs> Morgan is like furious. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't hate Tyler. I feel like this is uh, this is unfair. This is uh, if the reporter reads back my testimony. No one's saying you hate him, but like you're hating these ranking and, and crushes because you're like, what the fuck? I am shocked by his meteoric rise. <laughs> but I respect it. My crushes are as follows. <laughs> they also changed right at the end. 
<laughs> because uh, my first crush is the one, the only Catherine Pierce. She owns my ass. I love her. <laughs> and the second episode's crush uh, was going to be Elijah. And then the fucking I love you scene happened and it is Damo. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, you got me to do a spit take at she owns my ass. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Michael, do you care? Do you have crushes? Crushes, I would say definitely Catherine. You know, what a Catherine episode in Masquerade. And then for the second episode, although I mean, still kind of Masquerade as well, but we can carry it into the second one. Uh, and Caroline, uh, mm-hmm. very, very good stuff for her as well uh, as she, uh, you know, tries to help Tyler and also kicks his ass very very good i also have the uh everyone's favorite segments which i forget what we called it but the dude ranking dudes rock dudes dudes rock rock? i believe so dudes rock okay well we're yeah dudes rock is is taken from like other podcasts and stuff but we can we might have to we might change it every episode if we can't remember each time do you want to just call it boy corner boy corner (laughs) i think boy corner uh boy corner a uh, boy corner is very funny. I, I might. It's boy corner. What, what do we feel about boy corner? I love, love boy it. corner. Okay, boy corner. Let me introduce it. Boy corner. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rank the boys and we'll talk about the moments that got them there. Uh, here are the top five boys of the episode. The episode. These are both episodes combined. The number five boy uh, is Matt uh, for being a uh, dick uh, bro <laughs> and antagonizing Tyler into uh, fighting him with a series of very funny owns on his dead dad and by committing just party <laughs> fouls. Uh, very funny stuff. I loved it. Uh, Morgan, do you have a question? I just wish you could all see me right now. Oh, she's she's not like dying. Yeah, <laughs> but the boy rankings must continue. <laughs> they must. And to be clear, you know these rankings are sort of in order of like amount of boy energy that I appreciated seeing, and less like faves. Uh-huh. Dave factor, you know, can, okay. they can coincide. But it, Michael, I do have a question though, and I apologize in advance if I spoil it. Is number one Elijah? Uh, that's a good question. He <laughs> he might be on here. We'll see. <laughs> you refuse to spoil the sanctity of this list. I refuse to spoil the boy sanctity. Number four, boy. Uh, we've got Jeremy uh, <laughs> oh for, for having a horrible to view crush and flirtation. <laughs> With his older sister's friends, uh, which seems to somehow be reciprocated. And for really, like, to, to be fair, he does have to spend a lot of time worrying about his sister's life. But, like, these were episodes where he really should have been very concerned about his sister's life. And this was clearly, like, you know, 50% of his concern. Because he was like, ooh, I might uh, have an angle here. And I, I found this very funny. Jeremy, I, I don't know if, th- if this were consummated. I don't know. If I would find it interesting in any way, and it might in fact negate his boy energy. But right now, uh, total young dude uh, vibes going on here. Great stuff. The number three boy, and honestly, that he places only three on this tells you how powerful the boys are. Uh, it's Tyler for doing the thing that is really like, I don't know how you can get to be more of a boy than this. And I mean, we'll explain soon, but uh, killing a woman and feeling tortured about it is really like, 
<laughs> the death of this woman is such an it, it it's like it makes me so dark and like and like I'm going through it because I broke her neck. The boy jumped out. The boy jumped. <laughs> Great boy's power coming from Tyler, and also his supernatural boy powers awakened. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, number two, I know you're all dying to see. I am dying. Number two is Elijah. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, Elijah. Elijah, a, a true uh, commanding presence coming in, owning the situation. Even though he got staked pretty good, he made the boys look, the other boys look foolish. Really kept it calm, cool, and collected. Slapped a guy's head off uh, very <laughs> efficiently uh, and proved that he is the boy to beat in the weeks. <laughs> and he's the boy to watch in the weeks ahead. <laughs> I, Elijah is our boy to watch. And the number one boy for simping and then getting the upper hand on the object of his loser affections. And then for making, you know, doing something emotionally difficult in a way that he was able to immediately negate. Uh, it, it has to be Damon Salvatore, uh, our ultimate boy. Uh, Damon, a very tough field, but he he pulled it out again with that last scene. Once again, he became uh, our top boy. Boy of the week. Uh, that concludes boy corner. Who will be the boy of the week? Who will be the boy? Of wow, the week? Uh, Michael, you know you have to do this every week now. After doing this. It'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll see what we can forward. do. We'll see what we do. If, if not, I will do a, a pale imitation of boy corner when it's needed. <laughs> that's, that's the final word. I will, uh, that's my verdict and it stands. <laughs> Look, that's it on boys. Uh, Jill, how are you feeling about like what could possibly happen next? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> what could possibly happen? That's the question. Like, Jill, this is episode 8 of 22. Well, apparently what's going to happen is I'm going to fall in love. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Can't and wait. that's what I know. Oh, my God, you guys, I'm really crying from Boy Corner. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat for all of Boy Corner. Look, I'm glad you ha- you all happen to enjoy it. This is purely about getting on record the, the top boys. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just in it. You know, this is for the research. This is for the data. You'd be doing this whether we were here or not. Boy Corner's got to be held. (laughs) God. So just keep in mind, if you're out there and you're quarantining and you're doing whatever you have to do and it's hard, just know that Michael Chasen is somewhere figuring out the boys of the week. (laughs) And I hope that makes you feel safer because it does for me. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. I love you guys. (laughs) I am a fan of you guys as well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're no cut by plum but you do it <laughs> yes uh i have not cried as much of this segment since you singing cut by plum <laughs> oh my god should we do plugs gay so of course find uh the podcast wherever you get your podcast and don't forget to rate us five stars on itunes yeah and you can find me on twitter at lafergs uh where you can find my writing and uh, my tweets about New Girl. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find my tweets about New Girl at uh, Lorgan Mudich, um, where I'm uh, talking about the uh, new little wooden frog I bought that's a little instrument. I named him Christopher. <laughs> we, ha- we have a bigger one coming in the mail. <laughs> we ordered another one last night. Thank God. Jill, where can people find your work? <laughs> 
Um, I am on Twitter at Jilbo Baggins, two I's instead of two L's. Unfortunately, I am not tweeting about New Girl. Yes. God, Jill, please get on the New Girl train so we have another insane thing to talk about. (laughs) I'll do my best. I struggle with TV. You guys know this. I see no struggling here, baby. No, this is fantastic. This is right up my alley. <laughs> Michael, what about you? Where can we find you on the internet to talk about boys? Uh, yes, I'm talking about uh, all the boy news you could ever need uh, at Michael Chasen. That's uh, Michael C-H-A-S-I-N on Twitter. And uh, M Chasen, uh, spelled the same way, on uh, Letterboxd. And uh, until next time, uh, enjoy the regular version of one republic's uh apologize which i'm playing right now have a good day Just can't